Well, let me tell you, this show's got a name now. It's called the Fezzik Fast Show. Now, what does that mean? Fast? Did he talk fast? No. Fast like he doesn't eat. But sometimes in different religions, people will fast and they have this epiphany. It's like this Zen moment where they're in the middle of the universe and everything is exactly right in the world and the universe. Fez has a box of M&Ms that he's huffing, but it's empty. That's all you need to know about this. He's huffing an empty box of M&Ms. Is it right, Scott Seidenberg? Is that happening? That was happening. Have you ever seen a man go from being a great handicapper, but quite frankly, a boring person, to this? No, this is, a, this is quite the transformation. It's like he tried LSD. There's something. There's something going on. It's like Timmy. Now, now he's starting to. Now he's breathing in. <laughs> he's he's going to pop his eyeball is what he's going to do. Not Guys, in your mouth. Not just in your li- Don't think that it's like a Fez imitation. Don't think we wrote this stuff. Like, like he has script writers. It was brilliant. He was actually more clever than me. And he's a better picker than me, so I'm screwed. But I don't think this keeps up. If it does, who knows? <laughs> I'm just going to do this ad in about 10 seconds because you got to get to this show. NBA 20. That means you get 20% off. It's good for one use. It's good through Monday. By the way, McKenzie, not a good show, but his NBA kills. It's like he's, he's like selling more than half of the NBA pack. It's like at pregame right now, they're saying NBA is McKenzie. You know something? Last year, 57%, like 300 plays? He wants to jump in and go 53.3 or 57.3. No, no, no. We'll leave it at B. This guy's good. Check, listen, if you want to be amongst the cool kids, they got McKenzie for the season. That's the thing. Most people don't do the NBA in, in like October, but they know, wait a minute, McKenzie hardly does NFL right now. He's, he just got like a FedEx package with like a 600-page NBA book. And I, it's a book that few people even heard of. It's like some math guy. This guy's dedicated to the NBA. NBA 20 is the coupon. You get 20% off. I think you, I'm going to give you guys a hint. I'm pretty sure you can use this for anything. If you do, go ahead, you know, wink, wink, don't tell them I told you. But, hey, if you want something with 20% off, why not get a season package? That's what you're going to get the most bang for your buck. And I would recommend right now, McKenzie Rivers, 20% off, that's NBA 20. And excuse him for his lackluster performance in the rest of the show. I think he was getting ready with NBA work, to be honest. After the disaster episode of the Dream Preview, oh, four and one last week. We just went over it. We could have easily went four and one. It goes to show you, Fez, this is a tough way to make an easy living. The Washington Commandos, my least favorite team, dominate the stats somehow. <sighs> I think Tampa sure. Bay is the worst one. Tampa Bay 21 nothing. But Minnesota, 21 to three. Note the theme we get to 21. I think mm. we were right, though, or wrong about the Steelers. Maybe. No, I think they should have won outright. <laughs> AJ told us. He said, listen, I got a trend. Last year they won in this before Kansas City. And we didn't listen to him. You believe You're that? You're not going to pull what I we did last year? We didn't listen to him. You're not going to do what I did last year when oh, Pittsburgh beat Buffalo? and say, uh, They should have won in the stat. The stat <laughs> they should have won. That. It was a bad beat. It's a bad beat. To my right, <laughs> the master of equivocation, AJ Hoffman. Equival what? <laughs> we got Steve Fezzik, two-time Super Contest champion. He was 16-4. and four. And you think disaster weekend? Well, he's got so many contest entries that he's going to win in some combination. He won two, two, and one. Yes, nice. Hanging around. How many did you have? Three this year? I had three entries. That's Listen, when you're Steve Fezzik, why not have more? I mean, that's valid. Mm. By the way, speaking of the master of equivocation, 
He's not equivocating with his last man standing. So this is what? And by the way, Scott Seidenberg's here. He doesn't have any contest victories, and he's got a smart mouth. (laughs) But I like him. I like him. We recorded a a little bit early on a couple of the games, and when he says, I tell a story. Let me just prep you guys for this. It is so – it weaves in. It weaves out. It's like Paul Harvey wrote it. (laughs) And then at the very end – just when AJ's eyes were glassing over, I brought it home. And he's, he looked, he went, oh, what? He goes, that, that, remember? I do. And then Scott, because he wasn't talking for a minute, had to no make soul. a smart comment. Well, I had that comment written down waiting for the right <laughs> that, time to use it. That's what I'm saying. It was the wrong time. It took six podcasts <laughs> since the contest started to finally get it done. Oh, I had worse stories than that, buddy. <laughs> so tell us this story now. You, uh, AJ, you've got uh, – how many people are left in this? Is it a college last man standing? College right? last man standing. Uh, last week there were 182 people remaining. Stations is slow to update this so week. come Wednesday they still haven't updated? Still haven't updated. Maybe you're the last man standing. I feel like I would have gotten an email or something, I hope. <laughs> but but it's against the spread. It is. got to pick one game against the spread every week. You lose once, you're dead. And did you enter this, Scott? No. You didn't even know about it. I knew about it. Uh-huh. I didn't so already your equity. Now, Fez, he needs a lot of equity to, to stir him to, to action, right. we'll say. <laughs> What's your equity right now? If we assume like the, half the people, the last the half the people are out, then there's under a hundred people left, and it's a hundred thousand dollars for first place. So let me do the math. Let me do that. Ten thousand a person. Thousand. One thousand. I know it's close. <laughs> I did your math, RJ. So <laughs> let me think. Ten divided by. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm like, wow, AJ. That, that's an old. Well, Spaz would be interested in that. That's an old Howard Stern when it's like someone will go, I made 50000 a year for six years. He'll go, $300 million? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do it. Let's redeem. This is, we are the redeem team here. Tremendous documentary available right now on Netflix. On Have you TV watched thing. it? Yeah. It's a great. Was Kobe, LeBron. Yeah. Tremendous story about when the team was in Vegas. Real right. quick, they they were working out in Vegas. This is after Kobe got brought to the team, so they lost in the FIBA tournament prior to bringing Kobe on. Shashevsky knew they needed to change the culture, so he brings Kobe on. They had an off day, so the team goes out to the club. They're coming back at four thirty in the morning. They get to the win. They walk through the lobby, and Kobe is. They intercept Kobe in the lobby. They're coming home from the club. He's, He's going, going to, to the out. gym to work out. The next day, LeBron wakes up and goes to the gym with Kobe. The next day after that, Wade and Melo join in. Straight and from the clubs. The next yeah. day. The next day. <laughs> after, still going to the club, but yeah. The next day after that, the whole team's working out in the morning. Mm. So, changing the culture. Now, Mama. some some would say, RJ, here's your chance to get him back. That's not my style. <laughs> Great story. Great story. Let's get to our picks. Fez, you have the honorary lead. What is your best bet? Carolina Panthers mm-hmm. plus 10.5. I got to tell you, RJ, I really like this one. Okay, now my, at 10, I would have played the Rams. Mm. So I'm going to be a little against it. Let's see, though. Okay, so if I look at the underlying numbers, this is kind of amazing. Carolina, they're not very good, all right? <laughs> but they're not terrible. They're not terrible. They're actually outgained by 0.4 yards per play. You know who they're better than? The Rams. The Rams and a yards per play differential are minus 0.6. 
I got to be honest, this late in the season, I don't think I've ever seen a double-digit favorite that's got the worst yards per play differential. We could search that in the database. Can we? Yes. Uh, for you. I also like the intangibles going on here. We've got a Carolina team, dead man walking rule, finally gets fired. All right? Baker Mayfield, not the most popular guy in the locker room. He gets injured. Well, backup quarterback, Sam Darnold, he's not available. In comes P.J. Walker. Third string. So you like third stringers and interim coaches? I love interim coaches. For, the, right? for their entire We're, run? No, for the first game back. We got team. some history on that. So let's look at 2009 onward. Head coaches fired or resigned first game back. First game, not back, but for the team without them. 17 and 9 against the spread. Almost four points of ATS advantage, 17 and 9. Now, if you go back to 2000. It's 19 and 3. So not, or I'm sorry, 19 and 13. Not as good. Only 1.3 points ATS advantage. So lately in the modern era, it's been advantageous to fade the or to play on the team that's in the bad spot. But here's the question. That's been a conversation now for a while. Doesn't the market maybe account for this a little bit? No, because my power ratings make this game 10 and F. So. Well, let's think about this a second. How much is Baker Mayfield worth? Now, obviously his stats have been bad and you've got a good one. Yeah, on this. he is the he has the second lowest quarterback rating through the first 5 weeks of the season since the stat was invented. The only worst quarterback was Jamarcus Russell in 2008. And we had a good discussion on straight out of Vegas AM. I was a guest. It's the one day a week they let me on and we were talking about went a little long this week. We may have to cut thought? back the time. I thought, you know, so I'm thinking the same about you, but it's going to be a broader cut. It's going to be a broader cut. You've taken to this a little too much. I said, hey, guys, you can ham it up. He, he really knows that. But, but what I, it was a good discussion, I thought. And what we concluded was, and Fez, you can tell us what you think. It's either Baker's broken to never be repaired or it was the lack of prep, chain, meaning, meaning they brought him over late in the process. He wins over Sam Darnold almost immediately over him in the competition. But he's just learning the playbook effectively. I think he's broken. Why? I test. He looks slow. He looks immobile. So you think it's a physical limitation? Yes. Hmm. And you think it's lingering injuries? Probably. Okay. So what is your adjustment for Baker to the third string uh, AFL MVP? P.J. Walker, two-point downgrade. Okay, I thought you were going to say it's an upgrade when, the way you were saying it. Like PJ Walker. All right, so two. But points. I think it. So I'm on this as well. This is my four star. Oh. I think I think it has to be an upgrade, even if you think whatever you think about PJ Walker. The fact that Baker has been historically bad, any replacement but, but, quarterback but, but, has got to be better. Remember, only starters are going to be in that pool. I'm just and, saying, any any. Getting anything has to be better than getting no, negative. No, what you're saying is it's the worst starter. And what was it, like 2008 or something QBR? So it's been like 14, 15 years, worst starter or second worst starter. Mm -hmm. But mo but almost any starter is going to be better than a third-string quarterback, even if they're the worst starter. Not always, but mm -hmm. close. So I think two is pretty fair, to be honest. Yeah. How much do, would you upgrade Baker the, uh, uh, Baker two years ago after his third year? Right, so it wasn't last year's injury year, but the year before that, that quarterback versus the current Baker. I'm two points different. 
Yeah. yeah. I think maybe three. I, I think, think three is a more accurate probably, number. Yeah. And so I, I'm, and part of it, I'm reluctant to like suddenly, if I made him, I had an average quarterback at zero. Mm-hmm. So if I bring him down to minus three, now he's the 31st. You know, he's mm-hmm. literally not borderline, shouldn't be, even be starting. Maybe you're right. That actually That's the sounds, balance we're trying to figure th- out. And that probably should be where it should Scott's be. Scott's going to say, hey, who, I think you err towards. Focus recency more mm-hmm. than most. We tend to look long term. It's interesting if you look at recency. He's the thirty second best, if not you know worse. He's ba- and 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 so I got PJ Walker being playing at the same level expectation wise and a much more motivated locker room. There's nothing I saw from the Carolina Panthers that made it look made it look to me like they liked having Baker Mayfield as their quarterback. I think if he would have done well, but you bring in yes. an interloper who now does horribly. What's the point, right? And you know he's not react. At least we can guess Baker's not reacting well to doing poor. Mm. Right? That's not his style, right? Steely Resolve isn't his style. No. His style is call a press conference. Mm. Right? So Do we're going some podcast. <laughs> All right, so th- let's go with the two points. So w- the look-ahead line in this game, so that would have been before the firing, before we knew that Baker was going to be out. So everything else assumed. Now, let's keep in mind, the Rams were beat soundly in this interim time, too. By, so by we, Dallas. Yeah. So we got to adjust for that. So looking at it this way, the look-ahead line, it closed at 10. It opened at 9.5, mm. Rams favored. So now it's 10.5, and you're telling me that it's a two-point difference. Now, we're going off at 10, so let's call it a 1.5 point, so 11.5. It feels like – now, let's think about the Rams. The Rams look bad, so you've got to bring it down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but Carolina looked equally as bad, yeah. you know, if so not it worse. It feels so. like there's a half a point or a point – Build into this about this new coach phenomenon. Exactly right. I like I said, the power ratings don't don't support this on my play. This is one hundred percent. But I just said, do how do we know that this isn't in there? You go, I know because my power ratings are. You know, you yeah. said they were aligned, but really looking at it, it looks like there is this phenomenon priced into the current market, which is new coaches or replacement coaches tend to do well the first game. That's right, and but, I think that, and I, and I think that it's not just the new coach. I think that there's going to be a bolt of a jolt of energy from the new quarterback as well. I think it's going to be a double dose of mm-hmm. excitement from Carolina, and that's what I'm banking on. And just how the Rams, they, to me, don't deserve to be this high of a favorite. And uh, the trend that I found, which is incredible, teams that are under 500, like the Rams are, that are favored by double digits. Let me make a guess. Very good. Very bad. Oh, see, I'm surprised. Teams that are under 500. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What happens is when the market puts out a big favorite and it looks crazy, yeah. there's always a reason for it, is what I have found. 33-52-2 ATS in the last 20 years. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, that's a good number. I'm going to look into that. I'm shocked. I'm not questioning yeah. it. I'm saying, Fez, wouldn't you agree with me that typically when there's a, like there's two undefeated, or I'm sorry, two winless teams, and one's like a five-point favorite, it doesn't make sense, there's usually a there's reason There's a reason for why, it. yeah. Because think about it. Naturally, there's going to be a depression on a big favorite that doesn't have the bona fides, it seems. People are going to say, that's not right. The only way they could be a big favorite is if there's something going on in here. Yeah, it's not the public. It's going to be, so, And here's what's his going number, on. His they're, number's really good, though. Well, here's what's going on here. They're the Super Bowl champions. That's yeah, what's going there's on. There's lingering a little bit. Here's the question. When a big favorite in the NFL is there, they're a big favorite, is it how good the team is? Is that what we got to figure out, how good the team is? Or do we have to figure out how focused and motivated they are? Because if we admit the Rams are better than Carolina, you're going to say better by how much? Just say by a decent amount. I don't think anyone really questions that. Now the question is, are they going to be focused? You know they are. So to me, this feels like almost like a must win. It's almost like 
Wouldn't you agree, Fez, that when you bet a dog typically— you're counting on the uh, the favorite not being focused. Yes. Yeah. Here you're saying be focused or not. We think there's enough difference, and you're thinking the motivation's probably even because the Rams are max motivated. But you're saying Carolina is too. Now you're just saying the mark or the intrinsic value of these teams isn't this spread out. Yeah. Yes. I also think game script wise, if the Rams do get up by like seven to ten points. Normally, I would think the Rams are an aggressive team. I don't, other than throwing the to ball to Cooper Cup, this is a team that looks to be not have that aggression anymore. I could see them being happy to workman like get a win. Except if you need a win, don't you want to get distance? Yeah, to be safe. Yeah. What's your thoughts on this? I tend to lean the way you were leaning. If this if this would have been ten, I would have been on the Rams. Yeah. Shit. I I think the biggest difference is that the three teams that have beat the Rams are all top five pass rush teams. Carolina's. So, so you're saying the offensive line woes of the Rams? Yes, and they've been exposed by these great pass rushes. Panthers are 27th in sack rate. The other, and part of the issue, and the reason the Rams' offense has been so bad is play action isn't working because no one believes they can run the ball. Well, guess who shows up 27th against the run? Carolina Panthers. If the Rams can run the ball at all, they'll do it here against. I don't the think the Rams can run against anybody. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I and I also I, I also think the Panthers, it's one thing to fire Matt Rule. They also fired their DC. Oh, and and the defensive that. coordinator was doing a good job. All right, I got something here. Mm-hmm. Now I convinced these guys last night on the show. Oh, I, I'm sorry, this morning on the show. It was well, it was past midnight. I mean, you guys get at it early. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Or late. Yeah, I mean <laughs> it was matters. It's yeah. kind of the Kobe story. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you told that Passing story. ships in the night. <laughs> All right. Here it is, Fetch. If you're David... Now, what happened was Wilkes... Is that how you say it? Steve that? Wilkes. Steve Wilkes, yeah. yeah. Former Who, Cardinals coach. For Cardinals coach for one year. I think they won zero games. They might have won one. They had the number one pick and picked Kyler after, okay? Mm-hmm. And that was with the famous 10th t- pick from UCLA. Josh Rosen. Josh yeah. Rosen. Okay. Now, I still remember reading about... Six different draft Knicks say that Josh Rosen was the most NFL-ready quarterback in that draft. I remember that. It was crazy. Okay, in hindsight. Now, David Temper's a billionaire, a brilliant fellow, the owner of Carolina. He brings Wilkes in, who was some kind of assistant with the team to start with, which is kind of weird to start with. Okay, meaning you got this head coach who's ready. He was he has a history with Carolina. He was there before. Okay. He was there before he went to Arizona to be the head coach. Yeah, but no, a different owner. Different, Still, yeah, but he yeah. has the history with the organization. So he's like the institutional guy yeah. in a way. Okay, so they make him the head coach. Okay, you need a stopgap. That's fine, but then he announces it was my decision to fire the DC. And there was Wilkes one other decision. Wilkes, Wil- announced. Yeah, yeah. Wilkes announces my decision. Now we've asked this: When have you ever seen an interim coach get hired or get upped in this case, right? Promoted that then was talking about his ability to decide on the other coaches? Never, never. I mean, so, maybe in some college somewhere, not in the NFL. Yeah. So what I think is, they knew the DC was doing a pretty good job by all accounts. We're tanking. Let's get Wilkes, who's a, who's lost. He's only lost as a coach. If he Ooh, loses, bring in the bag man. There's no re- he, he, we're paying him money to lose here. But I'm not saying they're trying to lose. Uh. I'm saying that they're creating an environment that losing makes sense. Now you get rid of the good coach, but teams don't tank. No, no. Remember, I just corrected even that. I yeah. said it's not that the players are right. going to not try hard. But the organization's 
experiment. And they're, not putting, they're not putting out there. them in a position. To they're not succeed. putting them in a position yeah. to succeed. That's kind of, you know, we, we, you who, think the DC, the defense, I'm sorry, you think the defense is happy they lost their coach when they were playing pretty well, the defense? No, but they might come out and like have a statement game. I'm it. not even talking about this game. I'm saying in right. general. Long, I agree with you long term. I think I'm looking this to face Carolina long term. I'm looking for a good dead cat bounce of one week. We talked about this with the Bears. The entire offseason was none of it seemed like it was there to help Justin Fields. I don't know. Like they they said, right. yeah, they said, but it seems like they everything they did in the offseason was to say, okay, let's get through another year of Justin Fields and then we'll find our guy. I agree. And still two wins. Yep. Halfway to four. <laughs> now, by the way, in that game, Fez, we're going to talk four. a lot. Of, yeah. Oh, that's I keep that thinking. I yeah. keep thinking six and a half. I forgot four. <laughs> now, here's what it might have been five. We'll have to see. They're not going to win another game. Yeah, that's it. There you go. Uh, you know, they might win this Thursday because it's so windy. We'll talk about that probably in a little. And then you guys have it on AM, yep. right? Yeah. So, hey, guys, if you're not listening to this, now, these are like, you know how teenagers start a lemonade stand maybe, and then it starts taking off, and then they want to have their own 401Ks and all? It's kind of what's happening here with the SOVAM. They said, we don't need your help in this 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 established you know, industry-leading podcast channel. We're going to go off on our own and build it from scratch. I said, I don't think you should. They said, we don't care. So Is that how the combo went? It was kind of like yeah, that. I, I, I mean, I'm cutting through the BS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, what should they search for if they want to find in the wilderness this, this channel? Straight out of Vegas. Just straight out of nope, Vegas. straight out of Vegas AM. Yeah, AM. Yeah. But Either it'll, way, it'll, yeah. it'll pop up. It'll yeah. populate. And, and if somehow they have to do more Scott Seidenberg, that's, you don't like total Seidenberg? <laughs> A.J. Hoffman, and I'm telling you guys, Fez is on there like twice a week. I'm there live once. I do a recording once if I can remember at night. It's all good. But honestly, it really is exceptional. I gotta be honest. I, I'm I, gonna use the word exceptional. I, I gotta. This you, it is. You were skeptical. It is. You said neither of them are sharp. It is two standard deviations <laughs> better than what I expect. I expected to be a, a, a slightly above average. So that's podcast. A, that's a hundred times better than you and thought. And it's effing great. Oh wait, no, that's order of magnitude. You said standard deviations. Don't okay. okay. I prefer wins above replacement, <laughs> but it's all right. Here's what it is, though. I I can't lie. I had the vision. Is we got two guys that are. Probably two of the sharpest broadcasters, meaning AJ's a broadcaster first who's become an expert at college football, college basketball, and now he's becoming strong in the NFL, but he's got his colleges. Over here, you've got a guy who knows baseball, like hockey. Oh, there's too much baseball. No, no. And there's going to be too much hockey. No, but here's what we do, (laughs) and I I don't listen every minute of every day, but I've listened to far more than 70% of it. Sometimes AJ starts, and but really, when Scott starts his stories, I tend to forward because I, you know. But yeah. um, <laughs> um, you guys are planning on putting like the hardcore stuff, like college basketball talk, at the end of the pod, typically, right? If not, yeah, I, I think that's what we. That's what talk. we did with the hockey. Like we, yeah, yeah, all the yeah, hockey we talked exactly. was in the look ahead at the very end of the show. Because that's the it. theory yeah. is, at that point, if you like it, you keep. And listening. RJ, this is beauteous. You like that. They not only that on the bottom, there's actually a table of contents. I know, I know. They show like minute by minute, so you can listen to like the. It's timestamps. If you want to, if you want to get a preview on a certain game, you fast forward to a certain it's, time. It really is nice. Yeah, a lot of but in general, people play and they listen until they don't like it and they turn. So I think by putting the niche stuff at the end, and again, there's a lot of hockey fans, there's a lot yeah. of baseball fans, but the NFL is king. You know, I think it's good. Check it out. It was a long promotion for them. Long one. But I think they deserve it. Uh, you can get it on this feed. And by the way, if you're not subscribed to this feed, wacky. You're wacky. So stop being wacky. Hey, listen, we're all wacky in our own way. 
Don't be wacky when you don't have to be wacky. Subscribe to this feed. And then if you want to, subscribe to the SOVAM feed because it's their little outlaw. It's like the NWO Please. or something. Help our 401 k <laughs> The NWO. <laughs> All right, let's get back to it. Next game. So, Fez, you got your best bet. Best bet Carolina plus 10.5. I tell you this. If it drops to 10, I might give you a call for a little private bet between us because at 10, I think I'd like the Rams. Yeah, I like Carolina 10.5. Oh, no, we understand, buddy. We understand. <laughs> Next game is my best bet. Some would say I'm a glutton for punishment. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, this is a simple one. You don't like the, oh, you don't like that they lost recently. Yeah, I lost my three unit play on them. Well, you know what it was. You know what it was, Fez? All the slander you were putting towards Pittsburgh. But I was directionally right. Well, but that's the thing, but you did it without respect. Yeah. And what ended up, I mean, the six Super Bowl trophies just came crashing on your head. You know, it was the first time the Steelers had ever been a 14-point underdog, ever. I heard that. Now, luckily, they didn't have lines before 1970. Mm. Let's just say that. But <laughs> I think that went back to 72, maybe. You know, I don't think they were a 10-point underdog in 75, yeah. I think that team was probably— Yeah, but remember, they, they got Terry Bradshaw after the 69 season because they, you know, the 70 season was Terry Bradshaw. They had the number one pick. Did they have a bad scab team? In like '87, but all well, first those of all, were like first of all, the Steelers probably had a bad scab. If there's any town that you didn't want to be a scab in, it was of. probably Pittsburgh. Yeah. So one, you know, one of them. I know you're anti-union, Fez. I mean, we won't get in. Grandfather was a great union organizer. That's called mobbed up. Is the code? Yeah. For that. It's always. He didn't even know that. He thought it was serious. I go. You do realize if somebody a union organizer, it means they're mobbed up, and that's their front job. He goes. I don't think pops was like that. What What did you call him? Your grandfather. Yeah, um, what's that? Poppy. Poppy. I don't think yeah. Poppy was mobbed yeah. up to you. I was too young to know. <laughs> I do. I do know that like he would keep like little um, like teeth vod- on a necklace. No, like vo- there would like be like little vodka bottles hidden throughout their apartment in New York. <laughs> oh, and, that's and, like, cute. My grandma. Wait, he like, lived in New York. Yeah, and was a union organizer. Yeah. Oh my goodness. What do you think, Scott? I mean, I think he's someone that I've probably dealt with in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Fez, all joking aside, all joking aside. I didn't know the New York. I thought he was in Dayton as a union. No. Oh, forget about it. <laughs> Uh, you know, that makes them cool. I mean, let's be honest. If I could have a grandfather that was mobbed up or not. You... They're living in Harlem. I'm sure it was a nice. Well, they were, I think they call it running. I think running it was a Harlem. nicer area of Harlem. <laughs> he ran Harlem. Thing, right? Local 312. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. It's almost like Rocky, but almost. All right. Next. Oh, well, I, I, I'm sorry. Not next game. I got Pittsburgh. Nah, next game. <laughs> well, listen, I get it. If you're not a Steelers fan, you like to see this team down. I get it. They've been whooping you. It doesn't matter, except if you're a Patriots fan. You've been getting whooped for a long time. But what do we know about Tomlin? Tomlin is strong as a motivator. Now, what happens if we just go through history? You probably got a trend in this. Team gets, gets beat by 40 points or more, 30 points or more. How do the teams do? They do really well. Okay? Bounce back. Yeah. Bounce back. Why? Because mm-hmm. the market overreacts. Well, what did the market do here? Well, let's look at the look ahead line. All right? Look ahead line, oh, I don't know, six and a half. The line was six and a half. It's now eight. I think somewhere there's a key number in there, Faz. What do you think? Yeah, seven, and that's what I make the game by my power ratings. It go, it, so you're saying that after the adjustment from the bad performance from Pittsburgh, that I don't know, you got to give Tampa kind of a good performance, but they did get come back on. They didn't even cover, but they were up 21 nothing. Seven sounds right. 
Yes. Coming off a seven is worth a dime or maybe 12 cents. That's, yeah. And then well, no, that's an excellent question. I, I would have said 12 cents and now I say a dime because yeah, of this of the whole eight, eight and six yeah, yeah. bullshit with down 14. Well, you Not like bullshit. That. You I like, like it. it. Yeah. All right. So, but now we're going from eight. Eight's become a more key number, though. Absolutely. So we're talking what? Like, like 18 cents of value going from seven to plus eight? So, like, 10 going off? And then uh, to seven and a half, and then what? Not yeah, eight. Yeah, seven, seven, seven and ten. Seventeen right. cents. Yeah. Seventeen. Now, what is seventeen cents? If this was a fifty percent proposition at seven, what does seventeen cents give us prop, proposition? Fifty-four point eight percent, or something like that. fifty-four point no, five. I thought you said. That, I thought we said a dime. How much is a dime? Uh, do a, that. A dime is like fifty-two point four percent. Okay, so it's going to be double that. Yeah. So, so fifty-four point. So fifty-five percent. Yeah. So. That's the goal, right? So yeah. to me, this is a pure, and that doesn't even account for the motivation. Motivation, because we're already giving it. Just going from six and a half to seven, really heavily said we're downgrading Pittsburgh. Yes, right. Because remember, we're not going from. It wasn't like last week. It was seven. It was six and a half last week. But we got to give Pittsburgh credit for being in a bounce back spot. To me, this feels like a nice 56, 57 percenter. You know why it's going to be? Because no one wants to play it. No one wants to play Pittsburgh. I don't want to play Pittsburgh. I don't want to give it to the clients. I you don't want to because the they, clients you want are them. cursing me out on Twitter. It, it, it doesn't matter. You're up hundred. How much you up on the season? One hundred point six units on the year. On the year. Yeah, a hundred units. But they had to bet one team. You know something? When you see that score, fifty-eight to three or whatever, and it could happen in this game. Just know it's your badge of honor that you're a real wise guy now that you just got your head kicked in. You're right. I'm going to give it out. Yeah, you you can't be scared. And you know if they lose and they have enough points next week, I'll be giving it then. Because all you got to do is go through the databases. Every bad thing that happens usually leads to winning. Unless it's the, the unless it's the Cleveland Browns with that coach. Well, but that's the thing. Even with those in even with those in the database where the Browns mm. were in a situation where they were like 0 and 9. This it, is a great point. It still wins it's like crazy. It's still winning like crazy despite all those L's with Cleveland. There could be an aberration. We can, I don't know, can we figure those out? I can't. I just know historically the bad Mike teams Dicker cover. Team where they quit on the Saints that 1 and 15 team? Maybe. Yeah. We can always go back and cherry pick, but it's still like yeah. 58%. Right. So, question. And we know the Steelers are great. As home underdogs in the last 20 years, Steelers are 17-4-3 ATS. It's amazing. So, I've been a home underdog like once a year. They're, they're monsters as a home dog. But how much stock, if any, do you put into Brady and the Bucks not covering in three straight games? I, I think none. Now, what I would say is this. If they are up 21 nothing, they're probably going to be a little more attentive to get and come back upon. But here's why I, another reason I like Pittsburgh, and it's related – Tampa runs an old-school offense at this point, meaning that, yeah, they're passing a lot, but only if the teams force them to. They want to run. I mean, I think we can agree Tampa wants to run. Pittsburgh doesn't do as well. Like Buffalo's a very modern team. They're doing modern things. Tomlin is not an analytics guy. They're not as modern. I think that almost like Belichick, we talked about, I think New England does well against old-school teams, not as well against modern teams. Tomlin and Pittsburgh, I think it's the same. Would you agree, guys, that Tampa Bay is not modern when it comes to scheme? I think for this game in particular, the game script to me is going to feature a lot of running. I don't think that this is – because you're right. Tom Brady in that offense will open it up and pass when they're trailing, when it's the final possession of the fourth quarter and Tom marches them down the field and gets them into the end zone to win the game. But in a game where they're probably going to be in control, this is a heavy dose of Leonard Fournette. 
And you don't Which we haven't seen at all the last two games. Yeah, that's the thing, too. I, it feels like they're probably – because here's the thing. You can't throw Brady 40 times a game, 45, mm-hmm. and think he's going to last. Who knows? Why do it, right? Yeah. My feeling is if they have a chance, they're going to run more. Hey, who knows? You know, I mean, I, I, I guess we're only predicting that. But what I feel strongly about is could this line be 10? I mean, the line, the line was just six and a half. There's no injuries. No, no. There's no injuries on Pitts. It's not like, inju- meaning from last week to this week, there's no major injuries. It was six and a half. Everyone said, yep, sounds good. Yeah. How much did we really learn last week? We lost Pittsburgh, can't keep up with Buffalo. Who, who buries could, teams routinely. Either could Tennessee. I think the, the more concerning thing about Pittsburgh is they couldn't score against Buffalo. Buffalo and, has and, one of the top five defenses in the league. No, Buffalo was missing almost their entire secondary last uh, week. I mean, I, and, I and the Bucs are the best say, pass defense want, in the I league. I know you want to make excuses for Buffalo even when they win, but this is their current secondary. They're not missing any more than they did the week before. And the week before, they're getting guys back, right? Right? They haven't got any back, though. Well, Tredavious okay, so White's close. Saying? Micah Hyde's close, but well, they haven't got them. I know. God, when you like a team, it's unbearable. It really is. The team. This is the team that it's been for how long? How Three long? weeks. Okay, so it's the team. Right now, it's the team. We don't even know what that other team is. So the, are the Bills not downgraded from what they were three weeks ago? Well, they're laying 2.75 at um, – no, they're, they're, they're back to their high point. They're laying 2.75 at the second-best team in the NFL. So imagine they'd be laying 12 if they were healthy. I mean, dude, this is their team. When they get them back, we'll see what okay. happens. Is the, is the Bucks' pass defense better or worse than the Bills' pass defense? First, do you want to bet me on this? Yes. All right, let's go. 300. Perfect. All right, now you can talk. Are, are, are the Bucks, is the Bucks' defense better or worse than Buffalo's pass defense? Oh, wait, it's a best bet. It's 500. That's okay. fine. But I, I'm not asking permission. It's what it is. All right, go ahead. I asked you this question. Oh, I didn't hear it. Are, are the Bills is the Bills pass defense better than the Bucks pass defense? I think the Bucks pass defense is one of their their only weakness. I don't think you can run on the Bucks. So I would now with the current injuries, I don't know. Um I don't know, Fez, what do you think? I think I think I'd if Buffalo's healthy, it's certainly better. Yeah, right now this week Tampa's defense is better long term. But, Buffalo. But uh, what about pass Tampa's defense? Tampa's number one yeah. DVOA pass defense. They're number 14 rushing DVOA. Well, but you see, here's what you haven't learned yet, and it's really a, an important point. Let's take all the acrimony out of it and, and make this important point. When a team is so good at something that you can't do it against them, the team itself starts to say, it's almost like the too high look. What is the premise of that? We don't mind you running. We're going to make it hard to throw deep. Okay? Well, with Tampa's pass or run defense being the best maybe in the last five years we've seen, over the last couple years, who's had the best run defense in the NFL? Tampa. Yeah. Right? So what's happened is teams just wouldn't run against them. Like They'd run three times, six times in a game, right? Six even. I mean, I said three. That's a little low. But six or seven times in a rest pass. So what do they do? They start doing things where they're in nickel all the time. They start doing things where they might be in dime. And in general, they're saying run. They're taunting them to run. And even when they run with this weakened approach, it's average. But now it's made the pass defense better. So now the interesting question is how good is their pass defense? Well, if you look at the players, they're way, they, they're way worse than the rush defensive players. Though some players are hybrid, obviously. Yeah. But when you look at the performance, it's going to be – now I'm surprised they're number one. I didn't know, you know, but it's going to be like, hey, because they're accommodating the pass or the run so much – and using those resources for the pass, it's hard to pass against them, even though their skill set tends towards stopping the run. So if you were if you were Tampa this week, knowing that that the Steelers can't run the football, well, I mean, 
again, I don't believe, I, I believe there's a dimension after the dimension you're thinking about. Pittsburgh can't run the ball. Why? Because they were stacking the run because they weren't afraid of Trubisky. So now the question becomes is, because from what I've heard with the X's and O's guys, Pickett's making some good throws. There was a couple drops in that Buffalo game. Now, I would rather have Trubisky or uh, Pickett right now than Trubisky if I was making this bat. What do you think, Fez? Hmm. Because I think the game manager stuff doesn't work when you're at well, eight point underdog. I just think that the te- from a team chemistry aspect, you're doomed with Trubisky. There's no ceiling, and the team would realize that. So I would much rather you could see the team, the whole team energy. You see, there the is Steelers. a ceiling. They're, game. they're jumping up. They're 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 very excited about playing. You know, for for the rookie. Until they were down by forty. Wow. Well, <laughs> yeah. Do you see them being more aggressive just because of? You got a rookie in there, and it, to try to it, win the game, go for it, go for fourth down. Yeah, there. it's almost playing with house money because you're expected to lose. This is like a transition year, so normally where they would be conservative and punt the ball and and not and being sort of afraid to lose. Mm-hmm. Do you see them being more aggressive and not afraid to lose? Here's what I think: If Tomlin is down big, big. He doesn't want to be embarrassed over that one percent chance of coming back. So they punted in a certain spot against Buffalo that you'd say it was crazy. They punted. Uh-huh. You know, this is really a key point they make because live wagering when when Pittsburgh got down by thirty one or whatever it was, that it was a dead nut under. Basically, Tomlin's like, let's just get out of dodge. And he doesn't want to be embarrassed. But that was only like after a huge margin. So just something to file so, so away. I think at a certain extreme. When you have a one percent chance or whatever to win, Tomlin's not going to roll the dice as mm-hmm. much as he wants to get out of there. I think if it's a tight game late, he's going for the win. So meaning he's going to get aggressive. Yeah. But as a plus eight dog, it, that doesn't bother me at all, right? Okay. So, but yeah, yeah, okay. No, no, I was saying because high risk. What you're saying is if he's taking chances all up and down, yeah, it hurts me at plus eight. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking. I think this is an under game. Okay, so, so what's the current number? Forty four and a half. Mm, that's right on the key number. So I, I, I'm thinking, and and again, we I know we have numbers that might go against this with the the higher the spread, the lower the totals, things like that. But I, I just think that this, if this is a slower paced game, more running, less possessions, less chance for the Bucks to run up the score. The Bucks, when they had a lead against the Falcons, they went three and out, three straight possessions in the in the second half. So, I mean, I guess I'm coming around to the plus eight. I, you know something though. Let's think about this. Other than Buffalo, and let's admit, Buffalo when they get when they get a team that they have their number figured out, they do amazing. I mean, like they have more. Blo- if we said how many, bl- uh, let's define a blowout by more than twenty one points. Mm-hmm. I, I bet Buffalo has like a third of them in the la- since the start of last year. Yeah. I agree. So in a weird way, we can't forget the worst. We debated for a long time who the worst team was after week two, after week three. The Jets was a big pick early, right? Yeah. We don't think that anymore, right? Who's the worst team? Now we're hearing Carolina might be the worst team. Just because they're on their third-string quarterback. But you're saying it's hardly a downgrade. Yeah, but that's the difference. Without That, that two-point downgrade puts them below Chicago and Houston. But but the point is, Houston just beat a team as a seven-point dog. Phony win. Well, but, Steve, those happen. I know they, exactly. That's, I mean, why, that's, the worst team, that's you, why the worst team That's wins. something you got to get straight to, dude, is it, when a game's over, it happened the way it happened. But the worst team's going to win three games oh. over the course of a season. We're the worst team in the NFL. Well, I would make a major bet that let's think about this. So you're saying no team, there will be a team with three or less wins. Yes. So you mean Houston can't win two more, and and so it's really Chicago and Houston winning two more because we know Washington that, yeah, also. 
Oh, Washington's going to. I mean, Washington's got to be the, the, the yeah. 22nd best and, team. If you told me what's the worst. Raiders, are you No, serious? I was saying oh. if he's counting Washington, you got to count the Raiders, too. Yeah, so. I think. I mean, there's teams with one win right now, but I think we all agree. Raiders are probably, what, the 18th best right. team in football? So, so if you say, what will be the worst record in the NFL this year, yeah. over under, I would say three shaded to the over. Okay, would be I would line. go. The only thing that stops me is Houston having that tie. In in my mind, thinks they have two wins, yeah. but they only got one, right? So yeah. that one's tougher. If you gave me Houston as a win, there, I'd go over for sure, over three. But I'm not asking you to. I'm just saying that's the one thing that would but stop me. But you think me. Carolina might be? Might oh, I think Carolina gets four or five wins. Mm. Even if even if this tankathon is going on, it won't affect. Well, the I play. think all these teams are going to get like f- like five, four or five wins, but one of them is going to just. But which one? Happen to, we don't know. That's well, I know, but what I'm saying is, at least if you look at the structure of them, there's no. Maybe Chicago looks like the worst. I mean, Seattle is a lot better but than Chicago's we thought. already got two wins. That's the point. So they're the, they're gonna get, they're gonna get to you know they're gonna get to five. It, I would it's bet, middle me. I would bet Houston strong as the team that has the lowest amount of wins. Mm-hmm. Like right now, just because they have the low. I, mean, I guess there's other teams with one win. Yeah. But, but I mean, it just feels like Houston. But their division's cupcake, so they can. Well, they, any Jackson, game is, yeah. any game is winnable. Yeah, yeah. So in a weird way, the point I'm making is we're talking about like afraid of Pittsburgh, like they're going to beat by by 40. Hmm. But even if Pittsburgh is amongst the bottom five teams, where do you got them now? Fifth worst. Okay. Let's say that's correct. I don't think it is, but let's say it is. Those teams don't get blown out very much. No one does in the NFL. No, and the dogs are covering like crazy. Except, so if, favorites except if Buffalo is whipping the, ass. Favorites of seven or more this year are four and 11 ATS. It's mm. a good stat. Say that one more time. Favorites of more than a touchdown. Uh-huh. Four and 11 ETS. Yeah, I mean, this is a legal year of parody, I yeah. think. Now, the funny thing is, all the love Buffalo gets, it's still he's still got to act like the team's not as good. as They are really better. The truth is better. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites at the second-best team, Kansas City, with a great home field. But the whole— Wouldn't decimated. everything be better they're if they decimated. had all their players? They're decimated. Maybe what it is is our assumptions about who was good was wrong, that those good players weren't really that good. It was the coaching and the scheme. I tell you what, if they win that game. Isn't that what we're saying about Mac Jones, right? We're saying, we're looking at Zappi and saying, you know what? Maybe there's not much difference. Tredavious White's an all-pro corner. He's just not good? White didn't even play last year. He's not. He hasn't played this year. So at what point are we going to say that he's not he, part of the he, Well, he, he's at practice now. And okay. if he played, they wouldn't. Kansas City wouldn't have scored in the final 13 seconds. Well, maybe if they weren't <laughs> kicked off. I guess what I'm saying is you can't. There's certain people you can't give enough before they say, "Hey, you know something." Point made. I, I am. If Buffalo wins this game at Kansas City, I am going to bet Buffalo more on to win the Super Bowl. So you think this is a very indicative game? I don't. I, well, I know. I think it's very not indicative. I think it locks them into the number one seed, and it's worth so much to get the buy because they're basically then then it's it's it basically I know they're going to be like laying. So KC's because AFC's AFC is not as good as we thought that it was going right, to be. Right, and and they're going to play two games. They're going to be laying nine, and they're going to be laying six and a half if they play KC again. Like though, that's their path. That path gives uh-huh. them a really good chance to make the Super Bowl. Here's the thing at the counter. You're making a great point. Here's my counter. If they win the regular season, they've done that before. That monkey's on their back in the postseason. And I think any game they play against Kansas City, you got to adjust two points to Kansas City's favor because of that, the ghost. I agree, but KC has to get there. What you're saying I think is true because I I heard someone talking about the, the best quarterbacks in the league right now. And someone said, it's still Patrick Mahomes. Like Until Josh Allen proves that he can do what Patrick Mahomes does in the playoffs, Patrick Mahomes is still better than Josh Allen because everything else with those two guys is close enough you can make an argument, 
but one guy's done it and the other guy is trying to do it. I, I think that's very well said. And if somehow, if you could hypnotize Josh uh, Allen and tell him he won last year mm-hmm. and won the Super Bowl, I think that that would be the difference. He'd be great. I think in his mind, he's thinking no matter what we do, if I lose this game, yeah. it's going to be like Buffalo. And remember, it's the Bills. To some degree, it's like the whole thing with the four Super Bowls. Yeah. But I think in this game, it's advantage Bills. Because I don't think they have. I think Kansas City's looking at it as, hey, we want to win, but we don't have to win. I think Buffalo knows they have to win because last year's game was in Kansas City. They yeah. need home. Field. They want to exercise the demons, and they, they want the, and they want the playoff. But, but I don't think we suddenly transition to the Buffalo Kansas City. <laughs> Let's just do that right now. <laughs> All right, it's like my four weight Buffalo. Right, let's do it right now. I like this. Make your case. It's my four weight. I know you're on this one as well. So well, let me see though. Let me see. The, even though they're decimated secondary, they're still, even <laughs> with these bummy guys in the secondary, I'm still going to take them over Kansas City. That's Go why it's just four and, out of five. I, I think this is this is their Super Bowl. I think what RJ just said is true. I think Josh Allen, if they went. If, well, if they if didn't lose another Super game, Bowl, that's the problem. It might be. It might be later. But right now, I don't. And because this was, remember last year for this exact same game, yeah. we were saying this work, is this is the game that they care about more than any. And Buffalo showed in the regular season they cared about it, and they they beat the didn't do any good, did it? No, in the regular season so it I did. I wonder if it well it did, but it didn't do good with what Matt. I wonder, and I'm on Buffalo too, but I wonder if they're thinking, hey, we won this kind of this game last year effectively, and it still didn't get us there. Maybe we shouldn't put our eggs in this basket. I don't know. I think they probably want revenge, but it's it's difficult. And I think what Fez said about home field advantage, they're aware how important that is. Oh, yeah, I agree, I agree. So they they know that they absolutely need this game. And I think maybe the most important important stat that I found today for the Bills, they are number one DVOA against opposing tight ends. I agree with that. They held Mark Andrews to two catches for 15 yards. If you can hold Travis Kelsey in check – You've already beat the Chiefs. You know, I like this it's prop bet because Kelsey point. just went for like eight four touchdowns. touchdowns. Four only touchdowns. Four? Okay. four touchdowns. And so, and, and he only, only got like 25 yards. So, But everyone saw like he had such a huge production. Now all of a sudden, boom. I love the idea of like him being overvalued and playing him, you know, not to get a touchdown and to, um, to go under his yardage. So I don't know every player in the defensive backfield for the Bills, but there's one safety that's still playing. They say he's the best at Warrior. Long- Okay, best at locking up tight ends in the yep. league. But he, somehow he's amongst the bums? How's that? Well, he's out there play, playing with the second stringers. I know. That's amazing. <laughs> but he's an all-pro, isn't he? he, uh, somehow, he, he so, somehow he's an all-pro, but he's in the bums. I know he's a pro, but I don't know he's all-pro. Okay. I can't get past also the fact that five minutes before they kicked off a Monday Night Football, what was the, this line you could bet on this game? You could play Buffalo minus two and a half, at, but at, at a few select places you had to play minus three. It, the line was leaking into three. That was before Kansas City, frankly, massively underperformed, all right, significantly underperformed against the Raiders. We have to downgrade Kansas City. If that's the case, this two and a half, which was a 2.55, has to become a three, and it's two and a half. Now, it's important to state, in the Super Contest, it's two and a half. Right now, it's halfway in between at different places, I'd say, right? But you can get two and a half. Yeah, yes. But the point I'm making is we can only pick from the contest numbers, but Corny Gay at the Westgate is uh, really good at predicting which way the lines are going to move. So he's wearing his Kansas City he's making He's making a statement. It's going to be closer to two and a half than three. Mm. I, I would have said otherwise, so we'll see, though. He's very good well, at I that. Well, I think it's it's going to be all public money coming in on Kansas City. This is the first time... You think on at, Kansas City? The, the Bills looking like the best team in the world? It's the first time after 41 home starts that Patrick Mahomes is an underdog wow. at home. At home. That's cool. He's That's cool. 7-0-1 ATS as an underdog in his career. 
but this is the first time in his career that he is a home underdog. And this is what RJ said, like, Last week was the first time the Steelers were ever fourteen point yeah. dogs, yeah. and like the don't Bills go don't give it. Don't the go Bills, against the Bills. No, go, you said it. You no, said it. The what, Bills don't give a shit. What they, I'm they're saying, blowing everybody out. What I'm saying is that I think all of this promotion and public promotion of these stats is going to lead to people betting on Kansas City. So mm, the line could, you know, the no, line I hear you. I hear you. I think it's possible. There's a sure. syndicate out there that likes Buffalo minus two and a half. They bet them right before, like I said, the money. I, 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 I think that this is what the bookies do well, obviously. They find that number where there's a good debate on both sides. Yeah. That's why it's hard to win 55% of the time. Even one out of 20 extra wins is difficult. Unless it, if it lands three and then they, the, the cockroach bookie gets pounded. Well, side, we like him getting side, like Seidenberg. We like him sided, baby. <laughs> yes. That's what we'll call when Scott like makes a crack about a great story or something. We'll call he sided you, baby. Yes. <laughs> that, should be, that should be rewarded. Like, I, like you just got sided. If I no, do something good. No, it could be like if, if you threw like uh, uh, like like applesauce in someone's face. Is that good <laughs> or bad? I don't know. You just got sauced. <laughs> all right. To me, here's my concern, and I do have the Bills also. No, I, I'm not part of the Bills Mafia, and I'm also not... I think... You know how there's the Catholic Church? I'm a... You know, Roger's Catholic. And then they have something called... Um, it's not omerta, but it's some like there's a two name Latin phrase, which is it's like this hardcore part of the church. It's a sect within it. It's like, oh, I, you know, the pope, uh, the pope before this pope, the dude who retired, he was in this sect. Um, Mackenzie, maybe look for her. It's like it will say, it will be in his uh, Wikipedia, like the first two paragraphs. This is the Bills Mafia part that AJ's in. Like you got, you got to do. I tore my ACL jumping through a table. I didn't want to you, tell you guys. You got to do like a, you got to do like a blood ceremony. I mean, it is tough stuff to get in this club because you can give any praise you want and it's not good enough. It's like, yeah, you're right, but the wind was blowing against them. You know, it was always going to be something. But he's I, such a Bills fan that he bets on Pagula in tennis. <laughs> All right, now this is what I'll say though. It worries me this is a multiple-year odyssey, meaning let's not forget the Bills, uh, Kansas City went up to Buffalo during the COVID year, and it was a rescheduled game. It was supposed to be Thursday, and they played like on Monday, remember? Yes. And it was Tennessee did some shenanigans in the park or whatever, and it caused them to extend it out. And Kansas City ran – this is when the two high just started – and Kansas City ran on like 45 times. Like won, the 20 to 9 game? It won it easy, yeah. Then they just manhandled them uh, in the playoffs, right? So now it was like, we gotta get past KC. And they're drafting rush ends to start, you know, and that's why they're so deep on the D line. They've been drafting rush ends like crazy. And then last year they beat them. We finally did it, baby. And then in the playoffs, 13 seconds, we did it. Talk about a gut punch. <laughs> Now it's in, now you're thinking win this game, win the rest of them, win your first playoff game. Then yeah, you get to host KC, but now you're back in the true dungeon of death. What's going to happen? I don't know how they keep focused like this for so long. But I thought they might have flat spots during the season, and they didn't. So they're not going to be flat here. But when it comes to the playoffs, even if they win, I just feel like there's a, a real X factor in this playoff game against KC, assuming it happens. I'd be scared of that. Hmm. Never seemed to like impact Cleveland whenever they play Denver. And oh no, they, they, <laughs> once that, you the start bad example, or even the Bills in the in the Super Bowl back those four yeah. years, they were so good every year. I mean, yeah. it didn't make sense. They got blown out three times after the Parcells game. By the way, this is called 
Oh, this is. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's this is it. Can you make it a little bigger, please? Yeah, this is a, a level of intensity. Let's be honest, AJ. We'll change gears for a second. <laughs> Do you ever stop yourself? Because sometimes I get worked up about something, and then after when I'm alone, I'm thinking, man, what triggered? Well, why did I get so worked up? Do you ever think, man, I went overboard with that the, the Bills love? That's, no, I just go home. Ha- yeah, I just go home and whip myself when uh, when they lose, when they <laughs> when they lost to the Dolphins. That's all I did. But by the way, you we, want to feel Josh Allen's pain? I was like Ken Dor- Ken Dorsey was beating up the uh, the iPad or what the Microsoft Surface. The OC reaction, you know, like <laughs> that was me. I was yeah. I, I was beating myself with a Microsoft Surface. There we go. There's a drop for us now. <laughs> what I what I'll say is we found it's Opus Day is that Catholic. Uh, sect, I guess you'd call it. I don't know. Uh, it's an institution, it says. And uh, it's O-P-U-S space D-E-I. Pleratura sancti cruces es opiste. That's pretty good. Say, do you renounce the devil and always works? I don't know how to translate that into Latin. <laughs> <laughs> well, just Godfather one. All right, anything else in this game? Uh, what I do, and they're not More available. about the Bills. They're not available yet, but I want to play Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen rushing stats over. They've both run wild when they've played each other. They're obviously, both so what's important the game is, to both. This is strong, because yeah. I don't care about the history. This is the all-in well, game. Josh Allen, well, 63 on, hold on, hold on, yards on. per game in the two games you last year. You cannot care about the history, but I care. But go ahead, make your case. My, 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 my point is, I when do I want to bet a quarterback's rush well, yards over when both like high quarterbacks leverage. are high leverage when they need the game like blood. But wouldn't we say the last, the playoff times these two have matched up that were high leverage? Oh, yes. Would we say the two last regular season games they yeah, matched up? Yeah, let's look at the data. Yeah, maybe. Josh Allen, 63 yards per game. I'm pulling up Mahomes. Uh, and that's games. over four games? No, the last uh, the two games last year. Why don't you silently I'll find do it. the work? And, and remember, and one, you won't be able to talk Bills anymore if you Okay, do. that's fine. One of the games that Patrick, remember Patrick Mahomes had a foot injury. So I bet, one of those I'm games guessing this isn't run. good. Oh, but okay. I do want to bet double on, on Buffalo, Josh Allen, because I think the, for all the reasons that the game means even more to Buffalo than it does to Kansas City. It's yeah, more or less. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, yeah. So we've had this theory. We bet him over for the year, Josh Allen. It seems like that's going well. But what we saw was high leverage games, high stakes games. He ran more. Last two games he ran less. We speculate last week he wouldn't run much against Pittsburgh. Did we see the final rush totals on that? You didn't? So, uh, I'm sorry, AJ, maybe when you're looking that up, can you find I'll Josh find Allen? Yes. Theory, yep. And we'll see if the, theory, right if the theory holds. I so think it won. Against Pittsburgh, he uh, five carries, 42 yards. So, he, so he's run. He's, so he did run. Bills don't care about things. They Bills just blow you out. In eleven games, just blow you out. In eleven oh. games against uh, <laughs> non-playoff teams last year, Allen averaged 5.7 runs for 38 yards. Eight games against playoff teams. It goes to nine and a half carries for fifty nine yards. Now that's some quality research right there. Now, now, did you just calculate all that? No, I found an article. About okay, it. cool. Maybe we should that get credit. Where's that? Impressive. That is because uh, remember, if you don't attribute things, Brandon you, Anderson. There you go. If you don't attribute things, then you're wrong. You're wrong. That's right. Now it's Brandy Anderson. Brandy Anderson. Exactly. Mackenzie. Brandy. Yes, sir. We want to see if there's any place up on these rush totals, and we still want to look at the tight end, right? No uh, Travis Kelsey available anywhere. Okay, so then probably not. So what's the number, Fez, that you don't play it at? So last week's Pittsburgh number was, what, 45, if I remember? What was it? Oh, okay, you got a site that has archive on these, right? Yeah. Right, so let, play it up to over 48. Well, let's wait and see. Yeah, that sounds generally right. But let's see what the archive is on this. Mm-hmm. And all right, he's done with, oh. Mahomes rushing lines against Buffalo in those, those games. 
10 carries for 36 yards, 8 for 61, 7 for 69. And he mentions that excludes the AFC Championship where Mahomes' foot was hurt. All right, so we're saying, now is that in the 36 is the most recent? The 36, 61, 69, that's an average of 55 yards a game. His line was at 17 and a half last week. Okay, now the question is, just for my knowledge, was the 36 the most recent? Yes. Okay, so I don't like that as much. Well, what it, if he's lined to 17 and a half? Oh, I hear you. Yeah. Quarterback. So what we're saying is with Mahomes – 23 and under we like or what do you what do you like it up to I was going to make it 23 we'll take it right and then with with Allen we'll get the data here in a second okay next game closed uh, McKenzie said it closed at 39 and a half okay last week oh okay okay so um so 45 you were thinking yeah Okay. I said 48, but I like 45 now. But yeah, but I think even 48 it might, be, yeah. Yeah, it might be worth it. High 40s. I tell you, my over bet for the season looks pretty good. Uh, looks looks real good. 550? Because he's running against teams that he yeah. doesn't need to run yeah. against. This you get 40 year. against it's, Pittsburgh, you're going to cash. Bills just blow you out, man. They don't care. Right. They just get yards. <laughs> it's just facts, aren't you? <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, next game. So uh, we got, oh, we got, um, Scott, your five. We haven't even done yet, right? That's right. It's my and, five as well. Yeah. So why did you do your four first? Because Instead you, poor Scott, you Scott transitioned us to Buffalo. I apologize, David. That's all right. It's a long story. Go ahead. Uh, 49ers, uh, I'm going to lay it with the 49ers. And this is all about their success on the East Coast. Kyle Shanahan has solved the problem that was West Coast teams traveling East. They've stayed on the East Coast four times for two game trips since 2019. They're 7-1. So that's uh, multiple times a year? Multiple times in for the past several years. In Twi- year. Twice in 2019, yep. once in 2020, mm-hmm. once in 2021. Oh, wow, okay. They, uh, they, they're 7-1 and one straight up in their extended stay road trips. 8-1 and one now. 8-1, and one, excuse me, in their extended stay road trips. So one, one of those games was in New Orleans, so it wasn't Central. Okay, now that's good. Now what I would ask is... They've won 10 of their last 11 games on the Eastern time zone. That's 11 of 12 now. Seven straight victories. 11 of 12 and 8 straight victories. What's he got, like last week's newspaper? I think so. All right. So um, here's what I would say. One, I'm interested in how they do in the second game. Mm-hmm. Right, because how they do in the first is going to be less correlated. Maybe they win, maybe they don't. I, I agree, and as it turns out, the second game they have been absolutely stellar. So that's what I'm thinking. Is the, the, the win in New Orleans more profound. The win in New Orleans was a close game. They were an underdog. They won a close game. The other three were just blowout wins. Um, where, where people remember the Jets Giants when they played them back to back, same stadium. Mm-hmm. They also um, played two games in Ohio and destroyed the Bengals. I think it was 41-17. So these games have not, other than the New Orleans games. The other three, the second game where they stay in the Greenbrier and they just come together for a week, they have destroyed their opponents. By the way, this is Fez's four weight as well. So this is a triple like. All right. So playing it. Let me think. It's it's not me. So it's going to be Scott, Fez, and AJ. Yes. What? Five, five, four. Mackenzie, what's your best bet today? San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Did you let us know? No, I figured I'd lost three in a row. You guys would let me know when I when I needed to make a pick. <laughs> you know, this probably... Well, stand by. It's, I, I just had an epiphany with these five, four, three, twos. Uh-huh. It's like playing Battleship. This is my Battleship. This is my four-man. This is your aircraft carriers. <laughs> I, I don't like a little, that. A little insight into Fez's yeah, you. Yeah. So, all right, 49ers, they start out, like we talk about the Philadelphia Eagles starting out fast. The 49ers have started out fast. 5-0 and ATS in the first half this season. So we're talking about a team that gets out to leads, right, and defensively 
does not allow the opponent to come back. They are number one in the NFL in points allowed, yards per game, yards per play, rushing yards per game, passing touchdowns, sacks, first down defense. This is the best defense in the NFL by all those metrics. What the hell happened in the monsoon in Chicago? They get out to first. If you're going to have one bad, if you're going to have a bad game, it should be in a very in a high variance environment. But Chicago now is not. But one thing, Chicago's not on the East Coast, but New Orleans is. So we're being we're being a little loose. But but, but, the, but here's the thing: the Chicago it wasn't a it wasn't it was a, the first, a stayover, it, right? It was not. A, it was the first game of the year. Yeah, so yeah. it's not applicable so, right, either. That's right. So and we know, like I said, they're five and zero against the spread in the first half. So they start out fast. They get leads. The defense doesn't allow the opponents to come back. And that's been the Falcons' M.O., right, is coming back and backdooring covers. Not against this defense. Well, the, the only 5-0 and ATS team in the league. And it's the Atlanta. only the first 5-0 and ATS team in the last 40 years that has a sub-500 straight-up record. There are not many teams that lose in cover. They just aren't. Detroit's one of them, and they've mm-hmm. done it like inordinately lately. They're half the database. <laughs> and, 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 and Atlanta's doing quarter, it. Quarter, quarter. Can't, we can't forget, though, and let's address it with this consensus, except I'm not part of the lemmings, is this was six and a half. Battleships. This was six and a half, and now it's uh, on the look ahead. Now it's five and a half. And it was even six come Monday early, and it's five and a half. So it looks like the money so far on Atlanta. Injuries. It, it, it's injury-related. The bang, the defense of the 49ers banged up. All right, I didn't hear that yeah. in the handicap. No, that's the other side. <laughs> I'm not saying it makes the other side. I just think Atlanta's enthused right now, I think, in general. They're playing no, hard. No question. I do have it actually written down that the, the 49ers are banged up on defense. I just don't know if the Falcons' offense can take advantage of it because a, their uh, offense is banged up. Well, Court, what's with that Patterson dude? Where's he's he's, he's on, still on the IR. Uh, and Kyle Pitts, Pitts didn't play, play last week. Mm-hmm. He's questionable and still covered. They did still cover. It's like they're, they're, they're like the Detroit but, Lions of the Southeast. Uh, For Atlanta's offense to work, they have to run the ball. And San Francisco just doesn't let you run the ball. And, and and Tyler Algier last week, who filled he was the replacement for Cordero Patterson. It it's not good. It, he's not Cordero Patterson. He's not dynamic. He's a rookie running back. It's just not there. Kyle Tangier's point. Tyler Algier. The Falcons running more play action than anybody in the NFL. So if the run game's not working, play action's not effective. Well, now one thing I would say, a lot of we got a lot of savvy listeners. One of the big studies that came out between seasons this offseason was from PFF, and it, I think Eric Eager was the one that was uh, heading this up. They've, they, because they have tra- uh, tracking now on all the players, right? That's how uh, next gen stats can tell you how fast they're running, whatever. They can tell when there's a play action, what do the linebackers do? Mm. Do they wait? Do they, do they move forward? Do they move back? Whatever. And what we found out is play action years ago, they would move so much more. They were more affected by They would by move it. like a yard forward. Yeah, now it's like certain teams, they don't even respect the play act. Because the old saying was you don't need to run to, to, to have a threat of the run. So all the people would say you got to run to do play action. They would say, no, this is maybe three years ago. No, no, no. Just the threat of it's enough. But then people start to say, wait, if they don't really run, why are we scared of it? And now it feels like it's moving towards play action is not as effective I don't know where we come down on it. If we say, oh, they can't run, so it's not effective, 
it's like, well, is it the threat of the run? I, I think that's know. what's happened with, with the Rams is because the Rams can't run the ball. Now no one's respecting their play action. Could be. Or it could be some other reason it's happening, and now we're putting that reason upon it because it makes more sense. Right. We never know, but that's why this is such a mystery. Well, the know? Rams running back, Akers you know, not being able to like run mm-hmm. a 4 six forty is probably it's probably hurting. By the way, Tyler Angiers over Algiers. under. Algiers. Tan, Tyler Tangiers over Atlanta. <laughs> the, the Atlanta running back over under 45 and a half. All the money on the under, it's dropping. So he's so only why, why, to would go there, under why would there be that total, but we don't have the KC stuff? I don't Good know. Question. That's weird. Isn't but it? they also. Know. But why wouldn't they have Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes numbers? It's it, they've only put up a few games. So this is with Rams related. Um, this is from uh, Ben Baldwin, uh, analytics uh, Illuminati. Not Illuminati. We'll say illustrious, not Illuminati. An illustrious analytics guy. Illuminary. Illuminary. I think I was going for something. Thank you, Luminary. That's a member of the Illuminati. I'm not judging. The worst passing offense on early downs is the Rams. And we're looking at it, and this is a, uh, a chart with an X and Y axis, and I won't describe the visual necessarily, but the Rams are last. Let's just say that. They look like the Steelers. Pittsburgh, Chicago. And the Bengals and the Panthers are there. That looks like a pretty accurate graph if those are the bottom five. Yeah, hey, if it feeds into the, the narrative, you love it, don't you? No, well, I, just, <laughs> all right. I, I don't think we're saying those teams it, suck. But passing. if it said otherwise, you'd be like, that can't be. Oh, screw that number. Yeah. Confirmation bias. All right. What do we think? You guys, here's, I want to get McKenzie's thoughts. Now, by the way, when it's the second game of this trip, 4 0 straight up. They're winning by 14.8 points a game. And against the spread, 4-0. ATS margin, 13 points. That's a trend. Yes. Yeah, I don't think you can play against it. You, you can't. What's your power rating say? Because if your power rating say this number's right, then I think it might be a good bet. If power it says it's four, maybe this is the adjustment. Six. Okay, yeah. I like it. Uh, the only thing that worries me, and I wanted to go to McKenzie with this, the left tackle, when he went down, it was like, that's the whole offense. He's the key. He's the linchpin. I heard a lot of that. What's happened since? Garoppolo's played a lot better. I think we miss, a lot, we miss Trent Williams in the run game a lot. Not very impressive versus Carolina. But if Garoppolo plays well, even with less time, he can, he can play well. So when you say we, what did you do with last year's playoff check? Um, nothing. <laughs> you just banked it? I just, no. <laughs> My $0 check, I didn't even bother to cash it. <laughs> what you said about against Carolina, they didn't run the ball well. I, I kind of thought the opposite. Football Jeff, outsider said something. Look out. Here it comes. No, Jeff. I mean, Jeff Wilson had 17 carries for 120 yards. That, that, to me, that, that's a big win. If the Niners can run anything close to that with Jeff Wilson, then they're going to be fine. Cause that, that's a good point. I guess I was thinking I was combining it with the Rams game where they didn't run as well. I think it's hard. Here's what I think is where one of the big opportunities is in the NFL. When something happens and everyone thinks, oh, here's the result of that. Let's say an injury. But then for a game or two, it doesn't look as bad as you think for other reasons. People forget. People can't remember. I haven't heard Trent Williams' name once in this. No, there was after that Denver game. Oh, they're screwed. Well, like you said about the Bills, this is the team. What do you mean? Like with the Bills secondary, this is the team now. The team now is without Trent well, Williams. But but the thing is, <laughs> the difference is it's been two games and it hasn't affected things. Now the question is, so let's look at the Bills and say, well, it's been most of the season, but same concept. How are they playing? And if that's the reason I asked. I didn't say, well, 
for sure they were going to get debunked. I'm saying, what's changed that Trent Williams isn't as important? Now, with the Bills, you could say, well, those D-backs are playing pretty damn good. Backups yeah. are not. Now, what I asked was, how are they running? McKenzie's thought was with the Rams, well, let's just do this. So, uh, PFF, uh, who gives the best rush grade on a team, do you think, uh, McKenzie? DVOA. Uh, you think for just rushing per game? For the season, I would go right. to them first. Yeah, but I'm looking per game. Yeah, PFF, I guess. Okay, maybe take a gander at San Fran, the games before that Williams injury. Eliminate that game because it what was about half the game. I don't know. And then look at the two games since. And let's just see if, at least by the, the, the guys grading it, are they running less effectively? And we'll see. But I, I guess that would be my distinction, AJ, is – I wasn't saying that the 49ers were certainly trash here because of the injury. I'm saying there was one assumption. Now there's another assumption, or at least it's not even being considered. Is that warranted? Because if it's not, I love to say, well, it's going to rear its head now. And I think one thing you're going to find with these numbers also is, remember, Elijah Mitchell was healthy early in the season when Trent Williams was. So their number one running back and their left tackle went out at the same time. So the the, that the stats like that after would it, it, it would make it more severe now. Yeah. That you'd feel like if there was yep. some aberration that allowed them to run, let's say they break one long one, right? Oftentimes that's low, you know, that's high variance play. A big long broken run doesn't make up for like a bunch of one. Like what's the median rush per attempt, for mm. example? Yeah. As opposed to the mean, which is that 80 yard run. And obviously San Francisco is a team like with Debo Samuel that they're going to have some, you know. High high variance rushes more than the average team. So McKenzie, I see vaguely some colors. You want to read that for me? Sure. So Trent Williams goes down in the third quarter of the Broncos game. That's our baseline. Before that, they had two good passing blocking games and two average run blocking games. Since then, the two games without Trent Williams, they've had two bad pass blocking games by PFF and two really bad rush blocking games by PFF. Okay. But I, interestingly, well, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's let this set. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, interestingly, the, the run uh, factor on PFF has gone up in those games when the run blocking has gone down. Which is saying the it's the running backs accomplishing it, mm-hmm. except you were saying that they... That's uh, what I wouldn't have expected it, because yeah. the running back's position is weaker now. But we would... But is it? It's back to that... You yeah. know, Lombardi has this line. He says, we're just one injury away from having a good team. <laughs> That sometimes, sometimes there's players. Yeah, yeah. There's for some reason it's a legacy person they don't want to get rid of. I'm not saying that's the case here. Zeke, but let's agree. Let's agree with the following. I think the process we just went through is important. I know AJ resisted it, but the process resisted. I I think it's good. The process is to say, okay, what has been? Let's keep a list of these are the issues with this team. Have they been alleviated? Right, Pittsburgh. It looks like they're um, they were throwing. The, it looked like the pass blocking was pretty good this year, but now Trubisky was thrown really quick. So now you get in Pickett, he's thrown a little slower. You've seen more. Mm. Pa- there's all. There's a lot of yin and yang to all this. So maybe, maybe we look at the data and we wouldn't yeah. come to conclusion. Pittsburgh over to get sacked over two and a half times might be a good bet. That's a good point, right? Because the quarterback changes. I mean, look, and Big Ben also was getting rid of the ball. He like was crazy. Him and Tom Brady were one and two, yeah. no doubt. So, looking at this, McKenzie, the way I read it is, there's the, the running backs have been running, and AJ points this out, have been being very productive with limited blocking help. Now the question is, what happens here? Now Atlanta's not a great defense, right? So who's to say? Does anything about this, McKenzie, concern you with San Fran? No, I'm looking forward to Sunday. I think we're going to win. I like this bet a lot. Now, will you get anything if you guys win Sunday? 
I'll, I'll call my cousin Mark and say, hey, we won, buddy. So is Mark the cousin you have the number to? I have all my cousin's phone numbers. Oh, you're a couple cell phones back with Kyle. Come on. I have his assistant's phone number. <laughs> <laughs> I love the honesty. I love the honesty. Shout he, out to Nick Cray, second cousin. And I bet when he gave it to you, he said, or he had his assistant give it to you, he said, hey, listen, this is so I make sure to get your messages. Because if you go to the main phone, sometimes He said, I, if you ever need a ticket or anything at all. If you, but, but what I'm saying is he probably told you this phone gets backed up. I want to make sure I hear from you. Was there any variation of that? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I've texted Bernie Fratto like 50 times. I never call him. Uh-huh. And every time Bernie calls me, he never texts me. Well, I'm I, personally, I hate texts. If there's any nuance. If you're saying fire on a play or meet you at lunch, I'm fine. But if you're going to talk about it even for a minute, why not get on the phone? Because I can do it in eight seconds. I'm a text well, you guy. You can't, but you can't. I'm a text guy. <laughs> no, I think that's good, but most of your conversations aren't particularly new. Like, could you imagine doing this pod by text? That could be why I have no friends. Yes. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, in, where are you at? You're younger a little bit? I'm a texter, but I'm also a... Uh, have you ever I, broken up with a girl by text? Well, no, that's cowardice. Have you ever ghosted a girl? Yes. That you had in, intercourse with? Yes. That's cold. Yes, it is. Jeez. <laughs> but I've also been ghosted. But he paid her, so it didn't even matter. Well, the, the, the part of the pay <laughs> Listen, was, you're paying for it one way or another. She got right? a, listen, she, he About got a discount because he yeah. promised to treat her right. <laughs> you don't think you're paying for it? You're yeah. paying. <laughs> paying for it one way or another. Now, St. Elmo's Fire? St. Elmo's Fire. I'm sorry. I get those movies. Yes. What did you say it was? About last night. That's a good movie too. I'm so. Oh, it's a Chicago movie. That's They're both. You know. oh, well, you've, you've, you yeah. got my back there. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good movie. That's the first time I ever heard prose. At the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie, James Belushi and Rob Lowe, and Rob Lowe's telling a story about some hookup, and the whole time James Belushi just listens. About every third second, goes, "Was she a pro?" <laughs> he goes, "Too soon to tell," and then he keeps telling the story. The interaction between James Belushi and the friend of Demi Moore's was exceptional in that movie. The way they didn't get along. Yeah. Oh, it was the, so the realistic. Girl, yeah, the woman. Yeah. yeah. It's a good movie. Listen, they made a remake. Here's how you know if a movie's good. They'll make a remake eventually. And then five years later, are they watching the remake on like HBO? Like when it just, or is it the original? Like Point Break. Original. Yeah, I, I, I boycotted the remake, remake. Exactly. That was so good. The remake came. Remake went. Now Patrick Swayze still sitting there with the surfboard. Now, I could argue the real remake of Point Break was Fast and Furious. Ooh. So that was one of the, I think, the conceptual ideas behind it. And I like that, too. I didn't see that until, the, like, the sixth one. And then I've doubled back. They're all the same. I think you're okay. Don't, why would you take one of the most popular franchises yeah, and you. shit on it? I mean, it's like you and Fat. Why don't you find the McDonald's is the most popular hamburger spot? You want to eat there? I, I yes. love McDonald. I love McDonald's. I love their. You bathrooms. just gotta know what you gotta know. What? <laughs> what? They're so clean. I think it's the first time I've ever double taped. <laughs> well, what? I go what? It well, was, what? It was. So- I just got lightheaded laughing. <laughs> you know what's funny? That's something a really funny person would say. I don't think you meant it funny, but that was like a, a Stephen Wright kind. That's of That's what thing. they do best. They've got really good clean bathrooms. What they do best is Coke Zero right out of the spigot with the ice and the copper tubing. They got a whole science behind it. And the 1899 big, like, do you get two Big Macs and a 20-piece nugget yeah, and let's, fries. Let's, let's do a quick break for McDonald's. Now, <laughs> here's what I say. AJ's not, let's just say he's not nuanced, right? He's really just, burr, burr. So he looks, he goes, burgers aren't good. And I agree, I don't like the burgers. You get the chicken McNuggets. Absolutely. All right? Maybe a 10-piece. 
you get a big, large fry with it. Oh, yeah. All right? And then a and big— their fries are exceptional. Oh, they come out golden no, brown. No, I, I know you don't want me to be po- politics, but no thinking man dislikes McDonald's fries. Well, I agree with that, but I can get better chicken nuggets at Chick-fil-A with better fries. I'm talking about fries right now, just fries. Fries are better at Chick-fil-A. No. The waffle wait, fries? Wait a minute, wait a You're minute. You're on wait crack. Minute. Wait a minute. I'm guessing of all the sex you ever had in your life that your wife wasn't the very best. But you, the question was when you decided to marry her, was she was she good enough in that area? You can't be the best at everything. Now, maybe she was, but statistically, well, most, I agree. Pe- most people. Oh, shoot. What are you saying? No, no, uh, statistically, <laughs> most people are not going to They're not a 10 you. out of 10 at every exactly. box. Exactly. But McDonald's does things consistently. You can't get in Chick-fil-A half the time. There's lines out there, right? It's because it's better. But it, no one said it wasn't better. I think you, eating the French fries is better than a lot of the sex that I've had. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know tonight. what's funny? You should stay on this fast. This is fun. <laughs> what's the opposite of, of uh, sundowning that you yeah. said? You know what? It's funny. It's like he's not he's the opposite of fat and happy. Yeah, you know, like he's, he's on fire. That's good. See, fans, we are open to your comedy <laughs> when it's funny. And it is funny. So my point would be this. You could say, you know something? I like Chick-fil-A better than McDonald's. No objection. But you go, ugh, it was whole. And you start making like choking noises. No, I, I, listen, McDonald's chicken say? McNuggets are good. You said it McDonald's was McDonald's fries are good. You said you don't want to eat there. No, I said McDonald's is the most popular place. It doesn't make it the best. That's not what he said, was it? He said you don't want to eat there. Yeah. You want to eat their burgers. And last thing. McFlurry. You top it with the M&M McFlurry. Uh, Oreo. I'm an Oreo guy. But I like, I do them, I have, I have them churn it special, like extra to get them mixed up in there. Oh, Ooh, nah. interesting. I love it. Now, one problem, that damn McFlurry machine's always broken. Always. It's not Ice actually broken. broken. There have been studies on this. It's a lawsuit I hear someone's going to do. It's a pain in the butt for the, for the franchises, so they, they fake the injury to the, to the ice cream machine. It's not actually broken. But do broken. they disclose it on Wednesdays? <laughs> No, it's not on, report. 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 Oh. not on the report. Not on the report. You're not as funny as fast. Sorry, sorry. You know what would be? I'm going to give McDonald's a free promotional idea and we'll move on. Have it where if you can catch them, someone with the machine down without it being officially down, like with a picture, because they, maybe they can have the repairman have a special like patch he puts on it. You get like a free McFlurry's for the year. And then it's social media. People are posting it, all kind of stuff. I think it could work. What do you think, Faz? I appreciate all this talk about fast food and high-calorie foods during my fast. Thank you. Know you know what's funny is they have scientists that are making those fries exactly the right way. You remember Even on the-, the arches, you know, the, the sign, you know, it's the come get the golden fry. <laughs> this man is He's wild. wild. He's wild. You didn't think you— <laughs> Did you see The Wire when they were talking about McNuggets? No. They're sitting there going— um, Eating, you know, it was early season. It was uh, B. Uh, what was his name? The guy that ended up getting. Uh, well, I don't want to. I guess it's been ten years. But anyway, they were talking it's been about more than ten. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> and they were eating the McNuggets. He's going, "This is good. This is good." He goes, "I bet this mofo that you know invented this is rich." And they're like, "Oh no, he's down in the McDonald's basement." And they're going, "Ronald McDonald's just giving him fifteen bucks an hour." <laughs> <laughs> and then, then he said, "Sunday goes." But he still made it, and then he popped it in his mouth. I will say something McDonald's has the best of. Bathrooms. No. <laughs> they have the ultimate dipping sauce. Oh, yeah. I like, I, like the, I like the hot mustard. Hot mustard. Mm-hmm. It, hot mustard turned. makes almost everything at McDonald's edible. If you dip your burger in it, it's a lot better. How do you know about this? You I dip your you fries. In, I got kids. I got to eat at McDonald's sometimes. 
The kids dictate where you eat? I mean, sometimes, no. Ease of getting kids fed dictates where I eat sometimes. But you dip the fries in the hot mustard, makes the fries even better. I agree with it's that. It's the ultimate but the, condiment. But first of all, who has better fries than McDonald's? Chick-fil-A. Who, who else? I, I don't agree with that. The waffle wa- fries are a great novelty. They're Five guys. I hate Five Guys is it's horrible. Soggy. I mean, that is horrible. Too, uh, this is a bad take. Here's the thing. AJ's so you rich. Guys are out of your mind. He's so rich that you charge him 12 bucks for a burger, he's going to love it. Mm. Five Guys is like 12 bucks for a hamburger. That's because it's made of cow. I'm not. You don't think <laughs> you just said scientists make the fries at McDonald's. They don't make the fries from like mo- unrelated you molecules. You think it's all, it's all 100% potatoes, huh? No, that wouldn't taste as good. No, it does taste good. I, my dad used to make French fries in like canola oil in a skillet. Wasn't very good. <laughs> Next game. <laughs> Cincinnati favored by two on the road versus the Saints in New Orleans. AJ, you guys sound it. Yeah, I think the Bengals are still – I don't think they're a great team. I think they're a good team. What's your pick? The, uh, it's the Bengals minus two. The Bengals in desperation mode. And the offensive line has been – let's just face it, it's been awful – uh, despite all the offseason upgrades. But the Saints don't really have the pass rush to punish that bad offensive line. And then last week, I mean, the, the injuries for the Saints have continued to mount. Olave, their best receiver now, uh, he's, got, he's in concussion protocol. Michael Thomas still not practicing with turf toe. So what have the Saints done? What do they always do when they're panicked with their offense? They turn to Taysom Hill. But now the element of surprise is gone. Taysom Hill dominates last week's game. Now everybody knows it's coming. And by the way, well, last... wait, if they always turn to Jason Hill, how can this be an element of surprise? Well, I mean, Taysom Hill's been sitting on the sidelines waiting. And well, then I, I heard some analysis from X's and O's guys. They said it was a real problem that with the uh, Seattle not knowing, like they did something that other teams have figured mm-hmm. out with Taysom and they just didn't. Yeah. So, so to me, it was an error uh, on the part of the Seahawks D, mm-hmm. which has made a yeah. lot of errors this well, year. Well, yeah, Seahawks D is just awful. Uh, but I think now that there's a week of film with a heavy Taysom Hill offense, I, I think that the Bengals can can slow them down. And this is the Bengals are the second best tackling team in the league, unlike the Seahawks, who can't tackle anybody. They're bad on every aspect of defense. Uh, the Bengals have been within a field goal on all three of their losses. And then it, it, they, it, the Saints got handled by the Panthers, handled by the Bucks. Their only wins are Seattle and Atlanta, two of the worst defenses in the league. I think this is a get-right spot for the Bengals. I'm only having to lay two. Doesn't bother me. Burrow, 11-4 and four ATS coming off a loss. So Bengals is going to be my two-weight here. Bengals have played 10 straight unders. So that's kind of interesting. But what if I told you, AJ, that— What if? What if I told you that Andy Dalton, according to EPA uh, per dropback and EPA offensive total, ranks sixth in the NFL now ahead of Justin Herbert— ahead of Lamar Jackson, and fifth in PFF, and, and the revenge is, angle. And this is with one game against, against the worst the defense in the league, right? That's your data point. <laughs> one game against the worst defense in the league, right? That's where we're going? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I see that. The revenge thing, okay. Like, it's it's the idea of revenge seems nice. But Andy Dalton, they basically wanted to take the ball out of Andy Dalton's hands last week. Mm-hmm. That's why Taysom Hill was out there all the time. Uh, I, I just I, I don't see it with the Saints. I've been I've I guess I've been lower than everybody on the Saints to begin with, 
And this just feels like a spot coming off the win where they're getting more respect than they should be. So for those that didn't see the game, the Taysom, Taysom Hill good plays came from what sat? Wildcat a lot. Okay. I mean, and he, so was, he wasn't playing classic quarterback. No. Okay. And in fact, the cover play happened when Taysom Hill took a, a run for over 50 yards for a touchdown end of the game when um, that the um, team was New Orleans was trailing by one, and they got an eight, they got an eight point play with the long run with six minutes to play. And like when a team runs a wildcat, they, that never works. That never works because the other team knows they're going to run. They might pick up an eight yard run. No, Hill's, not a, Hill's a better yard. passer than the average wildcat. That's a good point. Yeah. The average yeah. wildcat running back for a touchdown a running back also. Yes. All right. So I, if I didn't hear anything, I would have thought, oh, maybe they un, uh, un released some wrinkles, some new wrinkles in what they were doing. But it doesn't seem like they did. So I think your thoughts are right, AJ, is in general, the opponent will be more uh, attentive to Hill. But it's not so much they just can't make the mistakes. The and Seattle and more prepared for them to use him heavily in the offense because yeah. this is the first game that they've used him heavy in the offense. Which is the matter of surprise, maybe. Yeah. Is what you're saying. Okay. You know, and I maybe like- they don't use him heavily sure. in the offense this week to kind of keep that element of surprise. I like what A.J. brought up with the Alave concussion injury because you – know, so here's the Saints team crippled with injuries on at wide receivers. So Michael Thomas is injured and Landry is in, injured. and But Alave, the rookie from Ohio State, has been very good. So he's helped pick up the slack – if he's compromised, now all of a sudden you got no one left to throw the ball to. So I like the fact of looking to fade the Saints. I also think the Bengals might be a little undervalued because if you look at the Bengals, they had one stinker game. I know they lost to Pittsburgh, but they dominated the stats. RJ, I think the turnovers were 5-0 in that I game. I recall that. Actually. Yes. <laughs> um, but if you look at that Dallas game, like that was a real stinker by the Bengals. You know, they, 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 they lost to Dallas with uh, Cooper Rush. Well, you know what? A lot of looking, teams have. Looking back on it, <laughs> you lose at Dallas in a pick'em type of game. That's not a negative. Dallas is, is oh, a decent who, who team. Who Dallas be since that? But game? Dallas is an average team, wouldn't you say? I would say, but if since he's supposed to be a superior team, you're not supposed to get beat handily in that game. They didn't get beat handily. Oh, they they lost by two. Well, but what I'm saying is, again. You're so good at the score matters certain points <laughs> oh, yeah. and other points it doesn't. You're right. Dallas was up 17 to 9 and the Bengals I mean, so in a weird way all, it was almost like if everything fell exactly right maybe you had a shot to win at the very end of the game. Right. Right. So Okay. So but my question again is let's pull out the schedule who did who has Dallas beaten and or beat as some say and I'm since, Nobody. I mean yeah so I, I would make the case the Bengals they beat the Bengals <laughs> and I, and I would make the case that Dallas is better than we expected with Cooper Rush I'm just not saying oh average maybe average I don't know but here's my question with Cincy and I can't figure it out all right what's happened I mean literally this is a team that everyone can say they were like a six seed kind of team, but they got lucky to win the division. Then they could have lost to Oak or the Raiders, and they could have lost. Or then Kansas City had a brain fart, whatever, whatever. Or Tennessee, I guess, was next. And but hold on a second. If you look at like game eleven on last year, Burrow was playing outstanding, as good as any quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. Now, why would we just arbitrarily say at the end of the year, you know, well, he had a, a catastrophic knee in, injury a year before? And the time from week one to week 10 or 11 was meaningful to get him back in 100% or close to 100%. So what's changed this year? Well, he had his appendix out. At what point do we stop making that as a reason? I don't know. It's not that far into the season. Do you guys still think the appendix matters? I don't. 
Two weeks. I think we've had the entire preseason, and now we're into week six. Well, of the when did he season. get the? He didn't get the appendix out till like week three of the preseason, right? No, yes. I think it was. Let's look it up because I think it was unexpected, and boom, he was gone for. Like, I think it was like the second week. That's what I'm saying. Let's see. Yeah. All right, number two, it's not just is he physically a hundred percent. It's that lost time preparing with the team. He had the appendectomy July 26. Oh, okay, I stand corrected. Uh, I don't know why I thought. So that's interesting. We both. Um, Still lost time, right? I don't know. Now, maybe not. But here's what everyone's saying. Cincinnati's getting more of the too-high look, the soft shell, than any team in the NFL. Number one defense is playing you know, a too-high look against any team. Cincinnati's number one. He hasn't figured out how to beat it. And Chase's numbers are down. You know, his number one, you know, home run exactly um, weapon. And you know. and so the defense and Scott made the great point. This is a situation where these uh, since he's gone under, under, under. Why? Because the defense is much better than we expected. Mm-hmm. The defensive coordinator is a star. Yes. I mean, and he's going to be somewhere else. I'm sure soon enough. Not as a head coach necessarily, but one of those rich teams are going to bring you know kind of that. You know, you bring up a good point. These good DCs aren't really in demand anymore because they're they're not doing well versus the. The OC is taking over, right? Yeah, well, you give him a Wade Phillips deal, though. He's leaving. Listen, how would you like to be a professional head coach or DC and have the chitsiness that Cincy has? They don't have the right support staff with trainers. They don't have the right scout. They just don't spend a lot of money, the Browns. You want to get out of there. Oh, I'm sorry. The Well, I don't know. Browns spend money in the wrong places, perhaps. But yeah, you're right. Um, So to me, the question is is Cincy finally coming around or is there a fundamental technical problem against the the too high look, have we seen that be proven not the case? I don't think we know yet because they can't protect Burrow. So which the, is another the line hasn't gelled yet. So we don't know. But that isn't that isn't protection less important if you're throwing a lot of quick passes? Yes. In general, what do you do against the too high? The quick game. Yeah. Well, it doesn't seem like Burrow's able to do that very effectively. He hasn't been. Not not trying to crap on your pick. You know? No, it's all right. What do you think? Do you have any – what was your – as you were handicapping, did, was the too high consideration it, in the mix? It was, but Marshawn Lattimore, remember, the, the Saints' best corner is out also. So I, I think – But in a way, the too high makes you not need that corner as much, right? Because you're playing a lot of zone. I'm not saying you don't want him. Sure. Right? But it's not as – I mean, the theory was the Patriots were going to go a lot more zone because they lost some cover – or a cover corner. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, since he's an interesting team, I think it might be until they until we see them beat the too high, they can't be highly rated like they were last year. I agree. That's fair. Closing I, thoughts. Um, okay. it, it goes back to all things being equal. Whenever have a team have a home run year, like a Bengal team that's like a ah, pretty decent team, good quarterback, suddenly they're in the Super Bowl. I'm reluctant to think that they're good. I think that it's kind of that the one-year wonder until they show me otherwise. But wouldn't you agree if the, if you just forgot about everything before week 10 of last year yeah. and looked at it as a mini-season, that you wouldn't think since he was an okay team that got lucky in the playoffs? You would think no, this I was think one this of the, is best, the best team in the NFL. And yeah. the question was, was that the trend line or was that an aberration? We don't know yet. seems like it's moving at least more likely that it wasn't a trend from what we've seen this year. Mm-hmm. All right, good stuff there. Next up. The genius Bill Belichick travels back home to Cleveland. He knows that quarterback on Cleveland a little bit, doesn't he? Jacoby, a little? And he knows him a little. And the Browns at home favored by two and a half. AJ, what do you got? Patriots plus two and a half, my one weight. And while everybody will talk about the Browns, how great at running the ball the Browns are, and they are great, the number one team in offensive rush DVOA, they are also the absolute worst defensive rush DVOA team. And the Patriots... 
11th and 28th. I mean, they're, they're an average run team. Uh, but it, th- now you're talking about a situation where Bill Belichick is going to force you to, to beat him one way. And I, Bill Belichick is too good at this. The, the, Zappi was serviceable last week against the Lions. He knows this is going to be a tougher matchup, so he's going to run, run, run. Who's quarterback for the Patriots? I think Bailey Zappi. Are we sure about that? Uh, uh, no, I can't be sure. We yeah, Belichick's I, playing coy. Yeah, I, I, what else is new? Yeah. We think there's probably like a, We're gonna maybe, what do you think, a one-fourth chance for Mac Jones? <laughs> what would we, what would we said it at? If this is really what they said it was, a high ankle sprain. It's usually a four-weekend. That he was like literally crying in tears like, like he just found out his, his dog got hit by a car when he's seven years old. And he's coming back after two weeks. It's got to be zappy. It's got to be zappy. I don't see it being Mac Jones. Hmm. I, I'm with you. But I, I think that the, the Browns, who are the 31st team in PFF for tackling, so when you're talking about a team that's going to be run heavy, one team's a good tackling team, one team's a bad tackling team, the Patriots are obviously going to be disciplined. Their head coach will demand it. The Patriots' last two games against Detroit, Green Bay, to me, they, it's shown signs of, of life that they're playing that hard without their quarterback. Uh, and, and the Browns are still the team that almost lost to Carolina and did lose to the Jets and Falcons. I think the Browns are overrated right now. I think the Patriots are, are playing better than I would have expected after the Mac Jones injury. So you're saying the genius is a good coach. He's the best. Now let me ask you this. What does this say about Mac Jones's value, this line? Because even if he's worth three points, you're saying the Patriots would be favored at Cleveland? Does that look right? Or is this saying that Mac Jones' value is minuscule? I think when, when he first got hurt, we found out that his, his value wasn't too much because the line didn't move too much after it was announced he was out to begin with. I think a compromise. Well, well, but again, I'm sorry, Steve, one second. We're back to the idea, though, it was no, he was on the ground screaming like he got shot. Right. They knew that he was no, – the odds of him playing were slim to none. So when, the, when something that's expected is announced, okay. there's going to be very little movement. But, but, again, the question is if we look at the look-ahead line on that game. Yeah. Let's look at the summer line on this one. I, I, you know what? But the problem is I Watson, don't have Watson, there was uncertainty with Watson. Right. Yeah. So I, I actually – this is the one game I have a blank on the summer line. But let's look at the season win numbers. All okay. right? So the New England was like 8.25 and Cleveland was 8.25. And the assumption was 5 seventeenths of the year was going to have Watson. So Cleveland, as they currently are constituted, would be lower. Would be like a seven and three quarters. However you want to think yeah. about five games of Watson would be 30 points. In th- well, no, maybe 20 points, right? He's four points over Brissett maybe? Five at the moment? Most? Yes. So let's so, say 25 points. So let me look at the at the beginning of the year on my power ratings. I had. And this would have been with Brissett, obviously. There was no Watson factor beginning of the year. And it, it's not a season rating, right? You're, you're doing it for that yeah, week's so game. Yeah, so I had Cleveland two and a half points worse than an average team. So I was low on them compared, mm-hmm. compared to the, the world. And where are you now with them? I'm at minus one. So, so I, they I only st- gained a point and a half. Yes, Strength but I started them too. I started them too low. So really, you're saying they didn't even gain a point and a half in your mind. It was a readjustment plus the incremental gain. Because I would make the point: what game have they not been in? And I know the strength of schedule is questionable, but they could have won the last two games easily. Mm-hmm. They could be undefeated right now. Right, yep. but they got the, the the NFL gave them the four game cupcake. Yeah, I to agree. Start the year, I, yeah. But but it, I mean, yeah, okay. I, I guess Carolina is now considered one of the worst teams. Two weeks ago, I was hearing them making a playoff run. So it's like a, I've never seen a team get turned on like Carolina, and thus now the coach is fired, and all of a sudden it looks like Cleveland played an easy game. It didn't feel like that was an easy mm. game, but go ahead. Yeah, so to, 
to go back to the beginning of the year, the perception was that New England certainly is better than Cleveland. Power rating, games in Cleveland. With Brissett. With Brissett. With Brissett. So the game should have been like a pick em. And now, all of a sudden, boom, Cleveland. Uh, I, I'd argue both teams have base, basically met expectations, and now Cleveland's laying three. Well, Cleveland's laying two and a half in the contest. Right, right. But specifically... You have a, a third-string quarterback in. Yes, and that's saying that that third-string quarterback is worth two it, points. It's only worth two points. Yeah. So back to my original question. Yes. Yeah, I think the market say about Mac Jones. I what? think that they've soured on. Or are they high on the third stringer? Probably I think it's probably a little bit of both. But I think Mac, if you looked at, if you said this happened last year when Mac Jones was playing really good ball, it would have been disaster. But Mac Jones was really bad well, when he was see, playing that's this the year. Thing. The guys that dig in, you're right. The perception is that. The guys that dig in didn't feel that way. It was a matter of turnovers that that bounced in the air, and it wasn't his fault. But listen, he was turning the ball over. It just didn't. He did throw a couple of like what should have been pick six that got dropped by the defense. You know, there's so, a lot so of talk about that. Mackenzie, if we look at New England's turnovers, and it, can we zero in on the interceptions? I'm just interested because what we do, as you know, Fez, is we look at the PFF uh, uh, turnover-worthy plays and we compare them to the actual number of turnovers that happen, and we convert accordingly because we know for every turnover-worthy play, there's like a .57 or something, I don't have it memorized, of turnovers. So you can say this is the expected number, here's the real number, and then we convert that to points. And I yeah, and exactly, and I would expect New England's going to show you know that they should have had a lot more of those. Well, I, I, I'm almost sure up. they won't. So what hmm. we got there, McKenzie? They've minus seven unlucky in interception luck. All right, so what does that mean? Uh, according to their turnover-worthy plays, uh, they have set, they lost seven and a half more points due to interceptions than we would expect based on their turnover-worthy so plays. So they've they actually the interceptions we've seen are more severe. There's more of them than we expected. Yes. And is that counting both them as an offense and them as a defense? No, that's that's only their offense interceptions. See, so that that's yeah, interesting. That's opposite of what I said. Yeah. Well, by you know, but could that could, could that be that the interceptions that are being made are are like fortunate interceptions for the defense? But does it not count? But here's the beauty of it: we're doing this not by number of interceptions, mm-hmm. but by points per interception. Mm-hmm. So when an interception actually happens, we know exactly what the EPA is on that play, right? So we mm-hmm. throw that in the mix. If an interception doesn't happen that should have, we take an average of what an interception is worth per points. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that in the interceptions that were dropped, they would have been like pick sixes, right? And we only are counting them as average. Mm-hmm. But we don't we don't have the the ability to assess what the EPA would be because we don't know if the guy would have returned. It. Mm-hmm. We don't know. So we just go by average at that, that point. That makes sense. What do you make of this trend? In the past 20 years, teams that have a shutout, like the Patriots did last week, mm-hmm. and then they are an underdog in their following game. Ooh, I like this trend. 15, 25, and 1 ATS. All right. So what's it saying? It's saying they played about as well as they could defensively. The market says, okay, that's interesting. You're still not good enough here. And they're usually not. The one thing I might say, I think think it's a really valid trend. I might say that New England might be a little immune because the average NFL team, like when they pitch a shutout, they're like, we're doing everything right. We're just going to continue doing what we're doing. And that Belichick's not that guy. Exactly. I think Belichick would be more flexible to change his defensive schemes. I do think it's a factor of Belichick having – when he knows a quarterback, that's scary. I mean, look at Sam Darnold. I mean, I know it was actually a bad quarterback, and he knows him. I mean, he knows him, and you, he knows how to bait him. He knows what he's looking at and how he responds to it. Jacoby, well, 
I think it's a big advantage for New England. Absolutely right. And I do want to remind everyone, so we're doing a new podcast, RJ and I. We're talking about on Monday. So we tape it Monday night. It's out Tuesday morning. Right. So we do two podcasts. One is the recap of the prior week. The other recap is the market report. So and what's happened from the opener onward, what you see and what you see happening in, in the next couple of days. Correct. And so there were several games that I looked at that I forecasted I, where I said, you know, I think it's likely there's going to be a line move. What was interesting, so when RJ came in on, we talked about this game, the first thing RJ said is, oh, do you have a forecast on this one? Because this line looks high at three. Mm-hmm. And so both of us, RJ and I both agreed, wow, three looks too high on this game. If you're going to bet this look to take the points on that game, now it's down to two and a half. Yeah. And, and these teams played last year. And remember, B- Baker got hurt in this game. So it was a backup quarterback, Case Keenum. For, well, most of that. for, for what point in the game did he get hurt? Uh, I think midway through the game. Okay, so he tripped at halftime? Well, no, I, I, okay. uh, but in, uh, somewhere in the middle there. Uh, and, and the Patriots won this game 45-7. to seven. So yeah. I, and I, I don't think Baker faking an injury was the key, right? I mean, the, the key was he depants them. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, that brings up a good point. Cleveland's got – now, listen, it's gone sour because of the political part of Deshaun Watson. But prior to that – Cleveland was beloved in the analytics community. Beloved. Mm-hmm. They're hiring baseball guys. They're hiring analytics gurus. Harvard got well, you know, they went for Deshaun Watson, so even though they didn't make the decision, they are getting kind of less love now. But this is the new age. And everyone thinks Belichick is old school. I, I still remember this is one of my favorite stories. PFF talks about it. They were given a presentation like in 2011. So they weren't even a known company at this point, but they were known in the NFL. They were at the Combine, and they gave a presentation. Seven people were in the audience. Four were from New England. <laughs> you had four people there taking notes. Because Belichick wants to know. He, he's not going to accept it all, but he's, he wants to see it all. And I think that he probably can look at what Cleveland does and know why they're doing it and counteract it. Yes. And last thing. What did we say last week? Belichick against one-dimensional teams, it's a problem for that team. When they can run and pass, that's when Belichick has problems. Question, should we bet Chubb under? He's got to be like 90 rush yards. He's leading the league. Um, and, so the theory run, is because run. he's going to take away what they do best? Yeah. I, I would think so, it's, especially if you like New England. In theory, if they get behind, they're going to have to throw more. But I, I tell you, I like it. Be, I'm kind of leaning. The only thing is it feels like the New England's not getting the due because they. it feels like with a backup quarterback, they should be getting four here. you know. And, and we it, lost the three. It's two and a half. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but, but again, do we really? I mean, I, I guess I haven't heard an answer yet. Do we think Mac Jones is worth like two points Yeah, from a backup? Or for a I backup help. of a backup. I think he's worth two and a half if he's healthy, but he's not healthy, so it doesn't really matter if he plays. But you're saying be... two and a half like it's some kind of big number. It's like Zappy is what in a mid-round rookie. Yes, that's a good point. When's the last time a mid-round rookie in his rookie year did anything? Dak back? Prescott, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson. Well, yeah, third, round, further, yeah. third round, third yeah. round. Mm. Uh, but if, even if it is Russell Wilson, it's ten years ago, yeah. right? So I mean, the question is, how many? There's been what five or six mid-round quarterbacks taken every year. It, it does seem weird that a guy. That when what did the market do, Fez? When when Zappy went in, what did the market do in the Green Bay game? You know, I don't know. I don't. Okay, recall. we can look that up because we got the play-by-play. You know, kind of like the in-game stuff. On Twitter, it didn't seem like there was a lot of optimism, mm. right? They were very conservative. They almost won the game. They were conservative this next game. He hasn't really thrown. If it's third and nine and you've got to get a first, he hasn't shown he can do that yet. Would we agree? Yes. 
But we know Mac Jones can do that. I mean, he's not great yet, but he's good. I don't get. I mean, well, I let think me ask, it was just like ten for sixteen last week. He didn't throw hardly at all. So here's an example where I I need someone to either say here's what's happening or I have no effing idea. So Fez, I'm going to start with you. Would you agree? Let me ask a question first. Where would Zappy be in your quarterback rankings? Second. Because I'm assuming you didn't have him ranked as a third stringer. I did not. Right, where, where did you have Hoyer? I had Hoyer a minus three and a half, which would be so he has to be last. minus four at the. He has to be minus four at the best. Well, before he played, uh-huh. yes, I had a minus five. Now I'm minus three. And so, so what you've seen is two point upgrade. Well, part of that is that the market clearly likes him. All right, okay. so I'm, but that's I'm, not I'm your trusting. job. That's not your yeah, job. Yeah, but but the point is, is that I don't have enough. If you regress everything to the market, then what do we got? Yeah, but I don't know how good he is. So I like I'm I'm flying Does blind. The I have know? to. How's the market? The market's know? just guessing. All right. Yeah. So I would at least keep some of your bias in there. So so I I, I made him. I, I have him minus three, which would have him 31st, which is probably too high. Wait it a minute. You're be... saying he's, he should be starting in the NFL right no, now? No, because there's plenty of backups that are like— they, they're like. Well, then they all should be starting in the should NFL. Should Kenny Pickett be starting in the NFL? I think Kenny Pickett has a lot more than Zappi going for him. It's not even close. Well, I got Pickett at minus three and a half, so I have Zappi above Pickett right now. So maybe that's a mistake. <laughs> if, if, that's that, if, that, if that were true, then Zappi would have been drafted ahead of Kenny Pickett. Well, I mean, what, I mean <laughs> they, that's they, about potential drafts, versus yeah. t- this son. That's this. Well, but why would Zappi be any more? Pr- if anything, I mean, Pickett's like 28 years old. He's supposed maybe to be involved. Maybe I'm being a this. slave to the market, and I'm and I'm overreacting to the fact that the market seems comfortable with him. Which is what I think is crazy. I mean, yeah. but in a way, isn't this where we can gain edges if we think we're wrong, or yeah. if they think the market's wrong? Well, sure. I just think that there's so much. Lo- Here's the thing: I think the media doesn't like Belichick. I think the market loves Belichick, and maybe it is just trust in Belichick. Now, the market didn't love Belichick, and well, they loved him in the sense that the wise guys were always betting against New England for years and years and losing. And, and they finally wisened up. Wisened, I think, I, I think you, you nailed it. That finally, like, if you look at New England, like the last couple of years, the market's finally caught up to New England and they're against the spread. And we've talked about this a lot in the distant past, but the reason was by any analytics we had at the time, New England's line was always inflated. Exactly. They had the we profile could, of a 10 win team and they'd win 12 every and we year. Couldn't 13. Know, and they couldn't figure out why. So they kept looking at the numbers and saying, we got value. See? Do you not trust math? They'd be pointing. Don't you trust yep. math? Well, your math is wrong. Yep. Right? To start with that. But the fact is, I think finally after beating their heads in for so long, they're saying, hey, if it's Belichick, we're not going to think it's too bad. Yeah. We'll just add two points to the power rating. Though this year, there was so much anti-New England narrative, it, it seemed like the batting really was against New England in the preseason markets, in the, the, in the whole season markets before the season. Yes. All right, so just, oh, go ahead. just going back to, to last year's Mac Jones, who he had a 2.5% turnover-worthy play. Mm-hmm. This year it was at 5.1. The only guys higher than him, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Matt Ryan. Yeah. So it, when he was out there, he just he just wasn't the same guy as he was last year. Except, so that's, whoa, 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 whoa. For three and a half games. Right. All right. And I also think it's important to realize that what we're saying is what you saw in the field – was actually seven points worse than what should have happened. So mm. not only did his numbers go up, which is saying, hey, more turnover-worthy, but still what happened was even more uh, – it was more negative for New England, which means what it looked like was – it wasn't as bad as it looked like, though okay. it was still what, as bad as it was worse than last year. Yeah. But some of that's going to be him being more aggressive as you get older. For sure, because you got to start throwing downfield more. What was the big the knock the, for the Mac Jones haters was 
Bill Belichick's he's got training wheels on him all year. Mm-hmm. He's not letting him. He's he's game managing. And and this year you could see early on that certainly wasn't the case. Maybe they were trying the to see what they could do with him. Back <laughs> well, but here's the thing: you got to go. It's almost like in poker, Faz. When you, I know we haven't played a ton of poker. You played online mostly, right? Um, I don't really just don't play during football season. But seasons, you did. But... I mean, in the last couple of years. Oh yeah. Yeah. So were you the type that would always want to be at a limit that you felt sure that you were better than the average player? Yes. Okay, so you were conservative with poker, except when I'm short stacking, which is a special niche where mm-hmm. I, I can play against great players when I'm playing with twenty big blinds because I'm exploiting the but, system. Well, it's a very robotic. You do A or yeah. you do B kind of decision. Like you could give someone a, a flow chart and have them play your cards. Exactly, it's just like a chess opening where you just memorize all the moves and you really don't even have to think. Exactly, and they have bots that do that in certain games mm-hmm. too. So, I, but my point is, the best poker players, eventually, the best poker players get knocked out of limits a lot more because they're always looking to play that next limit and play that next limit. And they lose for a while, but then they gain enough and they keep going. So, so someone's winning at 2-5 and they're winning four big blinds an hour and it's like, now I'm going to go play 5-10 and they actually lose mm-hmm. a little bit. But but guess what? Now they're better because they're observing better players. Now they could always go back to 2-5 and now they'll win more or eventually yes. learn to beat 5-10. And I think what happens more is everyone eventually, like if you win at 2-5, you're going to try 5-10. Yeah. Right? I mean, I can speak from experience. You get up there. I was more like you. I was conservative. First time I went up there, that I may mean, have been seven, eight years ago, I got beat up. I went, I said, I don't need that no more, and went back to the, the easier game. <laughs> and but, but, I also found, not just monetarily wise, just the quality of life. I enjoyed poker. I like winning. It matters what you're doing it for, yeah. But to finish yeah. my story, is I'm the type that I waited a long time to go back. But if I would have been a guy that would eventually ever get to the highest limits, I would have got back, got my bankroll ready, and that next second I would have been up a 5'10", and maybe I got beat again, but I played better. Daniel Negreanu, it's famous. He went to the big game. Five, it took his fifth time. Now, I'm not talking a single session. He went up, boys, I'm here. This is my game now. Three months later, he's back at 25.50 or whatever, mm. right? And the second time, back. Third time, back. Fourth time, back. His fifth time, he stayed up there. Now, that you think 25.50 would have just stayed there, right? Mm. No. And that's not me. That's not you, I don't think. And But that's why, Daniel, we know his name today. Exactly. And, you know, and there's a double whammy that happens. Not only when you go up, are you playing against better players, but psychologically, it's hanging over you. This happens you're to black players. You're less confident. less confident. Yeah, like when you're playing black chips and you're used to playing green chips, like like you have no problem putting out that chunky green stack when yeah. the count's real good and bet, betting eight green chips, but now you're betting black and maybe you're only going to bet four or five. And you think they're like, betting. Oh. When, when you don't know what's happening in a hand, you think what, what, they're doing something I don't understand. Yeah. And, and that very doubt screws with you. And inevitably, you just get less aggressive, you're more a little more yeah, conservative, yeah. and that makes you a worse player in both blackjack and in poker at the higher stakes if you're not used to you it. You wait for the aces, mm. after four hours, they flop trips, you get stacked, and Bye you're bye-bye. done. You're, it's time to go home. And you don't do that at your normal limit. So the analogy here is that Mac Jones has to go through a time that he's trying to pl- throw aggressively in the NFL and, and lose effectively. And Belichick understood that last year. I don't know if he thought he could make the playoffs, which he did. But this year he's saying, let's just go for it. I think it's a good sign for Mac Jones that Belichick tr- is so confident to let him throw those passes. But he's playing 5'10 now. We might not want to back take, him. It, you're right, but it's going to take a while. Yeah. But I think for Mac Jones long term, I do. Yeah, AJ's like, what's his story about? Do you see how he's yeah. swung around? Yep. 
right, any closing thoughts on this? No, one? sir. A long walk you... for a small drink of water. No, no. no. I liked it a lot. You know, yeah. I might have to repeat it for you so I you understand it. Yeah. <laughs> listen, listen to the Monday he pod. Just, he, just had it, he just had it saying he wanted to get out. You should have saved that one. <laughs> listen to the Monday pod, get plus three. Oh, that's true. I, I, I probably would like it there. All right, good, good stuff on this one. All right, let's go to Scott's one-weight play. And that is the Indianapolis Colts, one-and-a-half-point favorites hosting the Jags. What do you see here, Scott? Revenge is a dish best served cold. That would be the theme of the movie trailer for this game between the Colts and the Jaguars. The Colts are coming off a 10-day's rest, and revenge is on their minds. They have not lost to Jacksonville at home since 2017. Like, this is a tale of home versus away for this matchup, right? We know the Jags dominate the Colts in Jacksonville. Well, the Colts, since 2017, get revenge against the Jags, or they win the first game against the Jags in Indy. What more could you possibly want? How about this? Trevor Lawrence stinks. Everybody was running to bet Trevor Lawrence futures, to bet Jacksonville futures, to to talk up this team and how good they were after one game against a banged-up Chargers team. I don't get it. Look at his quarterback rating over the last two weeks. It's been some of the worst quarterback play in the NFL. I faded the Jags against the Eagles. I faded them again against the Texans. I'm going back to the well, fading them this week. I like what the Colts have established here. Rookie Alec Pierce has a nice little rapport with Matt Ryan going on. Summer line in this game was seven. The look ahead Two and a half. And the most impressive thing to me about the Indianapolis Colts, as bad as they have looked at times this season, their defense in the fourth quarter has been elite. They have not allowed a single fourth quarter point all season. If they have a lead here against Jacksonville going into the fourth quarter, they win this game. It's a small line. Give me the Colts at home for revenge. Like the shutout revenge, too. Not just a loss, but a, a bagel 0-24 to 24 loss in Jacksonville, the house of horrors for Indianapolis. So certainly that's got to be worth an extra point of motivation. Like the fact that Indy played on Thursday, so they got the extra rest, the mm-hmm. 10 days. And I got to tell you about Trevor Lawrence. So whenever you're like a once-in-a-generation quarterback and Andrew Luck at John Elway, those are dudes that, like, correct me if I'm wrong, they can throw the ball like with really good exit velocity a long yeah. way, right? So what was going on when Jacksonville was attempting a Hail Mary and Trevor Lawrence looked like noodle arm where he (laughs) threw it from like his own 40 and it it barely got inside the 20. It was one of the worst Hail Mary passes I think I've ever seen. I mean, like worthy of Drew Brees at age 42 type of thing. Uh, You got to wonder if Trevor Lawrence might have something going on for him to like not be able to throw the ball far. I, I think that's a fair concern. I'm going to play devil's advocate here, uh, and I don't have a play on this game, but I kind of lean to the Jags because for, this is a an extra rest week, and Jonathan Taylor on Wednesday still isn't practicing. If Jonathan Taylor doesn't play, what what are the Colts doing on offense? Whatever they did to win last week against Denver. Oh, you think that perform that offensive performance is gonna is gonna beat a normal football team? No. no. The Colts are the But the Jags aren't a normal football team. DVOA, the Colts have the worst offense in the league. The worst. 
Worse than the Texans. What's more of a red flag? What's more of a red flag to you? The 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 Colts playing without Jonathan Taylor, not being able to score against the Denver Broncos, or the Jaguars at full strength not being able to score on the Houston Texans. Let's assume Jonathan Taylor decides to like take the year off. Who's the better team? I think the Jags. I really do. I think the Jags also, but only by a half point. I think it's real. I think it's too close to call. I can't. I can't back this Jaguars team. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get why everyone's in love with this team. So if it's too close to call, and I've got like a hyper revenge spot and ten days of rest, and you're getting less than a field goal at home, you're you're laying less than a field goal at home. You That's know? what I'm saying. You're, yeah, the spread is less <laughs> than a field goal at home. Like, yes. what, what more could you ask for in this spot? I, I just, to me, what has Jacksonville done that warrants all of this love? Hey, you they know what? Beat the I don't... Colts bad in a spot where they own the, the Colts, right, in Jacksonville, and they beat a terribly banged-up Chargers team. They lost to the Commanders. The Commanders they lost Have to. Have they won a game? Who? The Commandos. That they won, won one game. game. 22 yeah. The game against game. the Jaguars, they won. Amazingly, I had the Commandos. And then they had game. a 14-point lead against the Eagles and lose that game by eight, where they could have lost it by more. Well, they lost the first half. Yeah, seven. exactly. And they don't even score uh, seven against the Houston Texans. They, they don't did get do- in the end yeah, They zone. did dominate the stats. The whole one on, what does one, that mean? one on the stat line. What does it mean if you can't get in the end zone? Well, that's why we do all these studies that show bad luck and green zone and all that. And certainly, you know, that game was a misleading final. But you know what? Even give them the win. Even if they won by three, it's still unimpressive. Mm-hmm. And they found a way to lose by seven. Look, yes. it's my one weight. I, I feel like I'm fighting for it, like it's my five-star. But I, I support just, it. I, I like I it. Can't, I can't. I can't. I just I don't get it with the Jaguars. This is going to be uh, – listen, after this is my third week in a row winning, betting against the Jacksonville Jaguars, maybe you'll all come to my side. So here who comes in – Early in the pod with this grandstanding, showboating, <laughs> eighteen six and one, Scott Seinberg. Woo! For uh, no show <laughs> reason at all. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Let's move to oh, one thought before we move. Okay, I'm getting a little concerned laying points, even when I'm laying one and a half, because more and more these analytics geeks are taking over. They're taking over, and they're advocating going for twos and doing squirrely things, and more games are landing one than than ever before. And I'll say this. Doug Peterson doesn't strike me as a guy to do that. Frank Reich certainly does. Oh, and Doug it, strikes me. Peterson strikes me as one to do it, too. Okay. Oh, yes. Because let's face Frank Reich right now, feel he's got to feel like kind of a cornered dog because cash your Matt Rule first head coach to get fire tickets, but we've been saying that, that market was Matt Rule, Frank Reich, and I don't think the, the Colts are in any – more of a favorable position right now than they had been. Oh, then. I disagree. That win, that win against Denver changed everything. Do you really believe that? Oh yeah, I, 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 a game they scored twelve points in. I will bet he will be coached on Thanksgiving, and I'll lay minus three hundred. So a win is a win, and wins heal Dinner? wounds. Dinner, I'll I'll take that. Get the lamb chops out. Get Scott. the lamb chops. Yeah, because by Thanksgiving, I think I'm going to be able to go. All right. The market now to win that division, by the way, Ooh, let's is. I'll let you guess it, Fez. Um, it's got to be Titans favored now. The Titans are plus one hundred and fifty. Let me let me make Jag- sure I, let me make sure I get these records right. Titans so plus one hundred and fifty. Yep. Indy's two two and one. Jags two to one. I, I need I need their win loss. Jacksonville is two and three. Yep. Yeah. 
and Tennessee is three and two. Three and two, um, and they're all just about equal. Mm-hmm. So Tennessee, I, off the top of my head, like if I started out and I made all of them two to one. Well, I already no said big... Tennessee is the favorite plus one fifty. All right, so so, so Indy Indy's two to one, and Jacksonville is plus two fifty. Jacksonville is two fifty. Indy plus one sixty. Really, they are. Almost as even of a favorite as the Titans to win that division. They're the division favorite, and A.J. wants to fire him. No wonder you don't get any press passes at any of these cities anymore. Let They're not going to let you go to Indy games. Let me give you some numbers. You asked the win-loss total. Let me give you the scoring differential. The Tennessee Titans, negative 22 scoring mm-hmm. differential. The Colts, negative 25. The Texans, negative 13. The Jags, plus 31. Ooh. Well, yeah, when you win 24 nothing, it helps your differential. That 38 to 10 doesn't hurt either when you're playing against the guy with the um the busted ribs. Yeah. So now we're like shitting on the Chargers win? Like I What are we doing here? Like I agree. I agree. So we we I I bet Jacksonville to win the division. I got like AJ three, pushed the green button on I got me. Like you know three you want to do it. You no, know you want to do it. No, push I don't. The green I, button. Both these teams suck. Push the button. I I I'm going to endorse it. I like <laughs> I like the play. All right, let's go to Minnesota laying three and a half at the Dolphins. Who wants to jump in on this? None of us have a none of us have a uh, a, a play on it. But I'll jump in because what this, do you was, like? this was going to be one of my plays. This was the this sixth. was your final cut. This was the sixth play. So, for me, it was the Colts game and the Miami game. You want to make them 5 and 5B, five go, go right ahead for me. I mean, you know, one star and then one B, go right ahead. So, Skyward Thompson's going to start. That's what Mike McDaniel announced. That's, part, that's, to me, the reason, maybe not part of the reason, maybe the whole reason why this spread is Vikings 3.5 on the road. It is. The look-ahead line in this game was Dolphins minus 3. If I told you, Fez, that Teddy Bridgewater was starting this game, what's the line? I just by four points. So okay. bring, bring it to approximately pick him. Okay. Teddy Bridgewater didn't practice on Wednesday because he's still not cleared from the new NFL concussion protocol. Does he have a concussion? It depends on who you depends, ask. Exactly. I think the Dolphins are terrified the, to say uh, yes, that Yes, the Dolphins right. are being extra careful Head following trauma. the protocols. He will be cleared, though, by Sunday. And he will serve as Skylar Thompson's backup. If he's cleared to play, why isn't he starting? Because they're using their Mike McDaniel is going to script the whole game plan around a quarterback all week. If he's going to prepare for Thompson to be the quarterback all week. Because last week, the reason why that team was dead in the water once Teddy gets knocked out, they prepared on extended rest to have Bridgewater as the quarterback, and he goes out in the first possession. Like you're, you're just you're screwed. There's Dunzo. nothing you can do. And, and even the defense, they knew the game was over. They knew they couldn't complete. They practiced all week with Teddy. So now this is smart of Mike McDaniel. You, let's practice all week and play with Skylar Thompson as the starting quarterback. But let's say he struggles in the first half. Guess who comes in to save the day? Teddy Bridgewater. And with that offense, with Teddy playing, the Dolphins, two straight losses, I think Miami can win this game. Here's when you say with that offense, I'm assuming you're talking about Tyreek Hill He's and playing. Jalen Watt. Why would Tyreek Hill play? If you're the Dolphins. He's say, playing. He practiced he practiced on Wednesday. No boot, no nothing. He's, he's good. Full go. You're paying him too much money not to play him. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you're paying him too much money to let him go out there and with Skylar Thompson throwing a football and let him re-injure That's himself. That's a good point. Here's the like, thing about the Vikings, too. They're the first team in the last 20 years 
to start the season four and one straight up or better. So to win 80% of their game straight up. But they're one in four ATS. They've covered 20% or less than their games. They can't close out games. Don't peek. How many road games have the Vikings won this year? They've their only true road game was Philly and they got smashed. Zero. Yeah. Exactly right. Isn't now that amazing? Get, so now, and now they gotta go from the Temperature starting to change in Minnesota. Little little chill in the air. They play indoors, but but they still live in Minnesota. <laughs> hey, Scott brings up an excellent point because here's a, and here's a team. Even if you go back to preseason, there are two preseason games on the road. They played in Vegas. It's hot here. Well, it was indoors, and they played at Denver. Not exactly you know a hot summer night in Denver, and. They got to play a Monday night game. Well, so look at what happened. They haven't played once. And look at the what temperature happened. above seventy-two. Look at what happened to Buffalo with the cramping and the dehydration. With the it's humidity. a great point. But that's three weeks ago. It's. I mean, it's going to be yeah, eighty-four it's a, it's a, it's in Miami. Cooler, What's, you know what the most hot. beautiful time of the year is in the southern part of the United yeah, right States? Right now, it's September, October. <laughs> it's like this is the best time well, to be I, there. Okay, I, I went down to Fort Walton Beach in September, and I thought I was going to die of heat frostbite. So a lot of my handicap on these Destin, Florida, on these teams going down to Miami or Jacksonville or whatever, and especially cold-weather teams. Like, I've already circled, by the way, Packers Christmas going to uh, Miami, taking Miami in that game. It's because when you live in a cold environment and then you go to a warm, tropical environment, something, and, and again, I'm not a doctor. I don't know scientifically if this is accurate. This is just my handicap, my assessment. Your body goes into vacation mode. Your brain, something triggers. Have you ever gone? Like, I, I, I lived in New York. Oh, well, whenever I, I lived in Chicago. Whenever I go down to Florida during the winter, all of a sudden it's just a different mentality. And I feel like it's harder for these players to have their minds 100% focused on football when they're almost in vacation. Oh, my God. After practice, they're that's at the a pool. Bi- that's a bikini. Oh, wow. I have seen the, one of them in why months. Have, why have the Patriots, under the greatest head coach in the history of this sport, always struggled late in the year going down to Miami? No, I agree Because with you. they leave the cold and darkness where it gets dark. Forget I mean, the New England should be a different time zone, where it gets dark so early and it's cold. And then they get to Miami in December or January, and all of a sudden they lose. They, I mean, this was the, one of the greatest teams in, in the last 20 years. But yet they, they always struggled down there. Why? Go out of the cold, go into the warm. The players just have a it's, different mindset. To be fair, to be fair, it's we're not even trick or treating yet, so it's a it's not as good a handicap as sure, if it sure. was in, if, in late November. If, like I said, Packers on Christmas yeah. going down to Miami. But but I do think physiology, the, the the being able to handle like I would go from Chicago and like I I go jogging right, and it and I struggled in the heat and humidity. I mean it was it was it was a problem. Run for fun. Now I run for profits. <laughs> uh, I I agree at three and a half. I would look to Miami for a lot of the reasons Scott said, specifically the weather, the distractions in Minnesota. You know, a phony four and one. Um, I do agree good with about that. themselves, and 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 they played one true road game. How'd that work out? Not good at Philly Woodshed. So my thought was with Miami, why would you rush anyone out there right now when your upcoming schedule is Pittsburgh, Detroit? Chicago, Cleveland, Houston. Because you can't lose three straight games. Sure, you can. When that's your next. When that's your next five, 
Yeah, you can lose three straight as long. And, and next week, you assume you get Tua back. I, I got healthy Tyreek Hill. You go back to normal. If I'm the owner, I'm meeting with McDaniel and I'm telling the coach, "Look, it. I don't want any more quarterback concussions. You don't. You don't put." These guys in mm-hmm. in harm's way. Listen, well, that's why Tua I tried to pay playing. a guy to get us this quarterback. I don't want you ruining it. Yes. <laughs> well, that's why Tua's not playing. But I think Bridgewater's going to be cleared by Sunday. He's going to be the backup. And if Skylar Thompson struggles, don't be surprised that Teddy Bridgewater plays the second half. Should we play Skylar Thompson props under? I, I think if he struggles, free roll. And, and yeah, free it roll. is a yeah. free roll because he stinks anyway. And if he only plays, and half he's playing game, well, and they have the lead, then he's going to hand the ball off the second half. Yeah, that's true. They yeah. don't want him throwing the ball. Yeah. No, no doubt. That's that's actually a really good hmm. call. Fitz. Do I pick up Chase Edmonds? Hmm. No, God. <laughs> yeah, Raheem Mostert. Ch- it's is. like he's 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 gotten that job. It's like ninety five to five hmm. uh, carry split. Yeah. So uh, Mostert just getting all those carries. All right, it is a crossfire. RJ's four weight against Fez's two weight. This is unusual, Fez. Now we are against someone, Scott. Later. I'm going to let you go first because I think you need the help. All right. I've got no big dog in this fight. So oh, I got, Jesus Christ. You're already conceding? No. <laughs> Dallas is plus six. This is all what I consider to be a free roll. Okay. I make this game six and a half, actually. So I'm going to get, uh, slightly against my power ratings. You never do that. Well, here's why. So Philly against Arizona struggled in the second half. Well, Arizona's really good in the second half, so there's that. Oh, plus, there was multiple injuries on the O-line. That's where I'm going. Exactly right. So, uh, Philly center, Kelsey gets banged up. Dickerson, one other um, uh, lineman, gets injured so during the clear, game. Kelsey came back in the game. Yes, yes. So, basically, the, here's, here's the thing. You look at the injury report, it doesn't look that bad. Four Philly linemen got injured during the game. They might all play. And my handicap is I'm free-rolling this. I'm, I'm, I believe whoa, that— Oh, stop, 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 stop. What you're trying to say, very long-winded, is if everyone's healthy, this line's right. If they're not healthy, I got value. Yes. Okay. That is my handicap. Let me correct you on something. Please. How in the heck? In fact, I won't even just say incredulously, how in the heck do you have Philly? But here's what I'm going to ask you. Give me your power ratings top to bottom until we get to Philly. Now, a lot of you might say, well, geez, it's going to be one team, Philly. No. Buffalo. Okay. Kansas City. Uh Uh-huh. San Francisco, uh-huh. Philly. You're insane. You think San Francisco with a backup quarterback, with a quarterback that was jettisoned, that wasn't even allowed to take snaps in the did preseason. Did Jimmy G get hurt? No, in the preseason, he wasn't allowed to take snaps. Mm-hmm. He was he was banned. Ban- he, was, he was in the next field thrown with ball boys. But now that team's better than Philadelphia. I got him equal, actually. Okay. That's crazy, too. Now. A little less crazy. Yes, by definition. But here's the question. How, how do you make the case? Because I would make the case that Philadelphia, and let's look at fourth quarter win share, right? One of our inventions at pregame.com, McKenzie executes upon it. He's been doing a good job lately in general. He needs to take a design class, but he's, very, he's getting good with these numbers. Now, fourth quarter win share represents the following. Every snap of the fourth quarter, we take what the win percentage chance of that team is. Mm -hmm. So imagine a team that was blowing a team out by 100 every fourth quarter. Every snap in the fourth quarter would be 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, like that, right? It's going to average to 100. 100. That's as good as the team could get, right? Mm -hmm. Worst team that's losing by 100 is going to be 0, 0, 0. Okay. So now, in general, it's going to be your average chance to win during the fourth quarter with the following, with the following. Caveat. We wait the final five minutes four times as much than the first five minutes, mm-hmm. and the middle five gets weighted double. 
All right, so we're going to say as you move through the fourth, it gets more and more important to be in a winning position. So last week, for example, we've had a situation where a team, uh, we only had one team, and it was the Denver game on Thursday night in Indy. It was Denver had a 61% fourth quarter win share. Indy had a 39, but Indy won. That's the only team. So this is very indicative of who should win, but here's the difference. If you win like a 55% to 45, you get one win, but you should only really, well, not you should, but it's effectively .55 wins. So you see the teams that are, this is better than the stat one-score games. Because it's so lucky, you know, teams that. There's plenty of one-score games where a team's like, has an 88% chance the whole quarter. You backdoor into the one-score. That's exactly right. You see that all the time. This is really tough. Lions. They do that a good bit, it would seem. So if we look at the fourth quarter win share on the season, Philly's number one, and it's not even close. Their fourth quarter win share is 77. Oh, check that. 93%. 93%. Buffalo is 77%. Kansas City's 86%. Those are the top. So you're basically saying. Baltimore, 77. So you're saying if they played a 14 game schedule, Philly would be 13 and 1. And everybody else would be ten and would be eleven. Eleven, yeah, exactly. So I mean, you could just go ninety-three percent times seventeen, ninety-three percent, or then seventy-seven percent. I agree. Right. Philly's been the best team. There's no question. Now, McKenzie put up something that he thinks is making his point, but it does because he loves San Francisco. He says scoring margin for the games: Philly plus forty-seven, San Fran plus forty-seven on the season. Here's the difference: Philly has almost all of their margin in the first half. The Washington, the game against Washington, Philly twenty-four, Washington nothing. Fourth quarter, twenty-four nothing. Final score, twenty-four ten. Forty-nineers also five and zero in the first half. So you think Forty-nineers are as good as Philly? I do. Really? I agree with Fezzik's power ratings, yes. Well, there you go, Fez. You got that going for you. So what I would say is, um, well, let's think how we can bet this. I want to get some real money into action here. So why don't we do last longer? That's going to be fun. I'll say 1,000 to start. McKenzie, you up for it? Even though I know that the four, uh, Eagles have the I can't. Is that a yes or a no? I can't hear. Eagles are going to get the first seed, so they have a because benefit. they're the, be- so they're the better one. team. They're the I don't better even need team. much. I'll give well, you. Well, they got cupcake I need for plus one schedule, and I'll do it. They clinch home field with this win. It seems yeah, like. They, See now, isn't this isn't this one. beautiful? The beautiful part of this is you can have a position that's playing wrong and not have to back it up with all your excuses. Just give me plus one twenty. Yeah. Last longer, all good. Plus one twenty. Yeah. Okay. Here's what I'm going to do for you. And, and listen, if you want the other, I'll do it. Because I love to. But I'm going to let you in for 500. If you want to do 500, 600 to win 500, that's my lay. I'll do it. But if you want the 1,200 to win 1,000, I would gladly take it. I'm trying to let you save face. Which one do you want? I'll let you decide before the end of the show. But, yeah, you're, let me think about but it. you're taking one of them, right? Sure, yes. Fez, who do you like in that bet? I like Philly. Okay. Which is interesting because Fez I'm rooting has for the, my friend Scott because well, he bet big on Philly to Fez beat the has Super Bowl. The, Fez has the, not big, but Fez has the 49ers in both of our drafts. Well, they I yeah. like that because they were high variance in theory. Yeah. Right now, I think that defense, the thing about defense is it's very noisy, right? Philadelphia, it seems, I don't know. I think Philly has clear, well, Buffalo's, but I don't know what's going on with Buffalo. It's hard to say any team's better than Buffalo. I think in the NFC, Philly's clearly they the just best team. Blow teams out. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, but I'm saying objectively, they're good. I think they're so good, the idea of making excuses for them is absurd. Opus Dei, you know maybe. who is good? <laughs> the Dallas defense has not given up 20 points all year long. I think you're right. It's a good D. 
the question becomes, and let's get back to the game. So now, and and the, the strength of Dallas's D, I'm sorry you wanted to get back to the game. No, no this, is the game. this is the game. Yeah. <laughs> the strength of Dallas D, obviously, got great line play, and now they're up against an injured Philly, li- well, a Philly they, line that but, is not but, 100%. Hold probably. on a second. How many, like, there's injuries. If you didn't see them leave the game, you wouldn't know these injuries exist. You'd be looking on Wednesday. I would not. It's not showing up on the injury that, report. The, the which Dickerson's, means they, they're nothing is what it means. So why, if it's nothing, why did these dudes just, like, walk off the field well, you last know, there's, game? There's certain injuries that you hurt in the moment, and you're recovered by Nosebleed? Wednesday. Cramps. Well, yeah, really. Yeah. I mean, or, there's all kinds of stuff. These t- NFL players are tough as nails. Yeah. I mean, so it's so funny how it's like you're looking at the world with these blinders on, and wherever your head swings, you think that's the most important thing. Well, it's a factor. You well, can't say it's a non-factor that these guys. If left it's the a game. factor, then shouldn't you be hunting every game for these? There's players that leave for like, because one of them even came back. Well, the fact that it's clustered is why. Like immediately, it's a red flag. I think you're right. I mean, what did I say on Monday? That you're right that this was the big issue, and what I said was if Philly's healthy. I love Philly here. And I agreed with you on Monday. And, but yes. somehow now you Philly's healthy, but you're on the other side. Because I don't know that they're healthy. I just don't know. I want to live bet this one. I want to but watch what? it. But but here's the thing. On they might make a player who's doubtful probable or questionable or or questionable probable if they're trying to have a buy. They're not gonna not have him on the injury. That's report. a great point. And 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 these guys, Kelsey's not on the injury report. And he the came other back guy that played. Yeah, exactly. Eagles have won their last eight straight. Games with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. I mean, he, listen, if you one of the best stats to look at is first half margin because teams that are good will get a big lead and coast, and we see, we've seen that through time. Belichick, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the, who's the think of the best teams? They want the like the Bills are wasting a lot of energy trying to run scores up. You get your lead, you're good. But that's not how the Bills. The Bills like to put it in their face. Another know. really good stat is to look at. I think pulling back the curtain. Yeah. Teams the wise guys want to bet on, and the Eagles have been taking money left and right starting last year with Hertz. The, the wise guys said, "Hey, we like what we see." Before the market really realized this. One advantage for Dallas is that when you run a quirky offense, and I don't care if it's rushing or passing, familiarity helps the defense in this case. So you play like the AFC, they haven't seen it. Lamar's like that. Lamar against teams in his division, not as effective. They've seen it now eight times, whatever. I think that Philly has been getting teams by surprise to some I, degree. I agree with that. So I think now Parsons was limping around, right? Was was it at, before last game or after last game? You know, isn't it convenient? If you didn't bring that one up. That I you? brought up the the, the the fact that the banged-up Philly guys, that could be a Except big the deal. Except the non-banged up because they're not even Parsons critical, and he's all banged up also, yes. So, so what's I the, don't have the details. Didn't even look into that. You searched the injury I report. I was aware three, of you it. Look, you looked three times through the injury report, didn't it's you? It's my two ways. Is this called a no more? I mean, is someone going to say, stop the fight? Stop the god darn Micah Parsons sits out Wednesday's practice, but has, quote, no question he will play. Wait a minute. But he sat out today. He sits out. I don't even think you're allowed playing if you sit out. No, if you sit out (laughs) Thursday, you don't. Dude, you see that? That should have made your handicap. It should have. It's hmm. my two weight. I had to get, come up with five points. They moved these threes to two and a half on me. I had to pivot. I couldn't take two and a half on game that was three. There are buys now. Hmm. You know what I think we should do? There are buys. No, no, that's what I'm saying. There's less games, right? There's buys. Oh, I thought you meant like buy under the three. I'm like, you no, should do no, that. No, 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 that's not what I meant. He, here's what I'm suggesting. Let's see if we can agree by consensus here. Is next week we pick four games, and then we have our one way be a floater that throughout the show, 
as people handicap things. You know, I like that. I'm going to make that my one. And you get to add on I like to too. one play. You like I that? like it. Yep. Fez? Yep. All yep. right. So I think if you guys did, you'd be adding on to this play, right? Going against Fez probably? With the Eagles. Yes, yeah. yeah. I would. Yeah. You yeah, do. this was my new, most neutral game of, of But now that you've heard the, I feel like you heard you've how won. feeble the handicap I feel was. like you've certainly won this debate. <laughs> All right, Mackenzie's got something. I bet it's going to be something Kelsey's not good. Kelsey's not for... getting up. Uh, <laughs> also, a bad travel spot for the Cowboys. How so? I'm going from L.A., then back to Dallas, now up That's to Philly. That's a good point. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, this is a third straight road game. No, they were. I don't know. Take a look. No, they were home. Uh... Someone, I just heard. They that. were home against the Commanders. Was that home? Yeah. Why did someone say? Do, do they are they on the road next? Yeah, home, home commanders at Rams at Eagles then home Lions. Okay, someone was saying that. I guess it's, I it's third in four weeks though. They were at Giants. Oh, okay, tired, tired. Division Fati- games too, which are more intense, but usually less travel. For Dallas, it's not less travel. That's interesting. All right, Dallas is the second most lucky team by our projected margin versus actual margin. So Dallas was supposed to be losing by one point a game by our projections. That takes turnover assessments, et cetera. And they've uh, won actually by five points per game. Geez, that's almost a touchdown, McKenzie, the math says? Yeah. So Dallas is an average team and a Phillies. Now, what's Phillies, like actual, proje- or let's call it projected versus actual? Phillies right on line. Our projection says they should win by nine a game. Nine. Win in by nine a game. So if they're so, nine points better in their home, they're probably probably good bet minus six. <laughs> All right. But luckily, McKenzie's getting at least 500 of action on San Fran. Yeah. Where's San Fran at in that mix? San Francisco lucky by three points a game. And what's their actual, uh, what's the projected margin? Six points. And they're winning by nine points per game. Wow. And even, I got to tell you, that actually would make me happy if I was you. Because I was thinking the bad number would have to make you, like, shit on Trey Lance. What didn't make me happy is that the <laughs> Eagles have a 49% chance, this is per 538, of getting the first round by 49 or 7%. So I will take the lower of our two potential wagers, 500 <laughs> to win 600. All right, now here's what's interesting. San Fran could be eliminated before Philly has even put on their helmet. Yeah. <laughs> that would be yes. great. All right, next game. What do we got? Uh, my three weight: the Seattle Seahawks plus two and a half hosting Arizona. Now, by the way, I will have a bonus best bet that you have never heard anywhere. If you think you heard this Monday, you didn't. After AJ's brilliance, and if thank you for that, if, if no pressure, if Seattle would have been three in the contest, this would have been my my five weight. This was my my favorite play. Uh, Seattle basically failed to cover. On a two-point conversion, that's the difference between them covering and not last week. Seattle I know, was, I thought Seattle I was the better team. I know. Well, not the better team, but the better side. Week, yeah. Uh, the Seahawks lead the league in offensive DVOA. This is Geno Smith. Geno Smith is like he's getting an MVP. Bet. I think he should. He's playing. A, the film guys say he's making throws that only Josh yeah. Allen and Mahomes are making. They've got the I best passing that. offense in the league. Like, it, and it, they I got two great wide receivers. If I said, yeah, they do. And if you said this in week two, it'd be real easy to shit on it and be like, oh, it's two games. Like five games in, I think we have to start taking Geno Smith seriously. And remember now, you might say, well. There's some quarterbacks after five games. And how many games do we have with uh, Cooper Rush? We got four, four, right? You might, but no one believes in him, or at least the sharp guys don't. They think he's a good game manager, but if it's third and nine, what's he going to do? Right? Not great so far. At least that's what they quick believe. kick it. That, no, that's what they believe. But Geno Smith is getting both the on the field performance, but also the grading guys like PFF. Yeah. They look and they say that's good. Yep. So and and if you say okay, well. 
the the knock on Seattle is their defense is terrible, particularly their pass defense. 31st in coverage per PFF. Guess who's 32nd? Arizona. They're even worse in the secondary. Who gives up the most? What's the total in this game? 51 and a half? I, uh, I don't know. Who gives Could up? Only the, look over. Who gives up the most explosive plays in the well, league? You know the total, don't you? It's Fifty-one. Arizona. Right. I, I mean, this is a this Arizona team. You you cannot trust what they're doing early. Like anything scripted is bad for Arizona. He, the the yeah. only time Arizona has success, they do street ball well. Is when Kyler Murray's running around and trying to make That's something happen. Uh, it, it, the, I think you've also got a, a situation where coming into the season, we thought Arizona was just a much better team. But with Geno Smith playing the way he is, if you look at the whole of the team, like who's got a better offensive line? Seattle. Who's got better playmakers? Seattle. Well, like, obviously Geno Smith has been the difference. Uh, well, yeah. Let's, let's, stop, let's stop the presses. Is this right? I'm looking at the summer line, and I'm showing the summer line Seattle was plus three. Is that right? Well, if, if we have it down, it's correct, yes. Well, no, I've got it down. Oh, okay. Though. Oh, I'm sorry. You weren't looking. All right, yeah. Seattle, we had a plus two and a half. So think about this. Who is has Arizona done better or worse than expectations? Worse. So the look ahead was two and a half, meaning last week, and like you said, now it's almost three. Two. And what was the summer line though? The summer line was two and a half. So no how chance. has Seattle done versus expectations? I'd say they upgraded by two, two and a half points. Then why is this line the same as it was back in? Well, Arizona, in, you got downgrade too, I think. Exactly. That, so if Arizona's a good bet. if Arizona's worth and Seattle's better. By the way, I want to emphasize. I don't know. If, I think we brought up our day. We got a new podcast that we're talking about. Like <laughs> the like line the, moves. There. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the market comes report. out Tuesday morning. Same and feed. On, we're not outlaws. We're not rogue. And, well, on Tuesday morning, I tell you what that. Three that Seattle plus three. Well, it wasn't rogue. That was widely we available, out, and we gave it out. I'm saying we're not a rogue podcast. Home divisional dogs uh, since 2020, 51 and 37 ATS. And I think a lot of that has to do with there's almost always going to be road team, not always, but often road teams, and just road teams, especially in division, are doing so much better. Kingsbury as a dog, not good. 36% ATS, 8 and 14. As a dog or a favorite? No, as a favorite. I'm sorry. Pete Carroll as a dog, 43 and 28. 61%. You know, all the Pete Carroll disdain, dinosaur, he doesn't know the math. Let Relying rush, on Russell cooking. Let's rush cook it. Cookie. Uh, well, I mean, can you also look at what Russell Wilson's doing and say, maybe this. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe Seattle yeah. was pretty good and it wasn't because of yeah. Russell Wilson. Right. Or maybe do... Russell was dropping off. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. they were doing okay. While having an average quarterback, I would have given it to I the Skittles guy. Yeah, I've been anti-Russell for a long time, but because I think he's been overrated. But there was it was the last year and a half he was average to below. I agree. Average. I agree. I agree. All right, I got a little surprise for us here. Oh, here it comes! Hold your hot horses! Here it comes! Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting on the bridge. Try it on the I love the six for best friend. Now, did you ever like you in New York? You probably went to school with a lot of Jewish girls, right? Sure. Did you did you have a special shine for them? No. Some people, you know, it, it, each his own. I've actually, you know, uh, very, very rare for me. I to be did in, uh, involved with one. With one of them people? What, <laughs> what do you mean by that? No. So all, all of my relationships wow. have not been well, with of the same faith. Yeah. That's oh, I keep forgetting you're Jewish. Yeah. I forget about yeah. that. Okay. I do, actually. Is I've always liked them, you know, the Jewish gals, because where I grew up, there wasn't a Jew to be seen. In Ohio, like, you know, they don't go to the coal mining country usually. I mean, they may, but, you know, there's not many. 
but then I went to college and it's like, oh, they seem different. There was an exoticness to them, mm-hmm. to me, because it was, you know, and there you go. I had my run. So that's why you're a big, big Bialik fan. For sure, because yeah. back then, yeah. yeah. And I, it's like, I could get that maybe, you know. It's like if, if it's like, uh, you know, like Jenny Garth on Beverly Hills. I mean, even in your fantasy, it's Unattainable. hard. Unattainable. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to imagine. You, can, you saw yourself with Andrea more. No, because Andre, I didn't like older ladies. She was like 35. That's exactly right. <laughs> I mean, Liz Hurley's 57. I like Liz uh, Hurley. No, but she wasn't playing a 17-year-old. But she's younger than you, Fez, so what the hell? How can you complain? No, no, you're, you're younger <laughs> than that. You're barely 50, right? You're, you don't have a gray hair. Mm, die job. <laughs> well, that cash is for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when we almost when we were right there for the super contest gold, we were gonna. Th- I think I committed what a hundred. I committed like twenty five thousand to a party. I think it was. It was a big commitment. One of the things we were gonna raffle off to get the tug on Fez's hair to see if it's real. <laughs> that, I like that. A lot of popularity with that one. Here's the best bet. A little it's, trumpy. It's simple. On, on no orange. On um, Monday, I gave an impromptu best bet. First half on Seattle. First half. The market, we won't say we moved the line. The market listened. Other people have been talking about it after. And could be a coincidence, Fez. That's the way I look at it. Doubtful. No, I think it, I think some of them at least mm. were a coincidence. But listen, being an innovator, sometimes you get co-opted. And you know what? I'm fine with that. Ace Rothstein was a hell of a handicapper. I can tell you that. I was so good that whenever I bet, I could change the odds for every bookmaker in the country. We released next day, odds moved, and the first half doesn't look as juicy, if I was explained. Yeah, because the Seattle was a three-point underdog. A three-point underdog should, for the game. For, for the game, should be getting one and a half. And no for the one first and, half? For the first half. No one and a half's first half to be had. Plus one is the line everywhere, whereas a typical game, in this case, there would be plus one halves everywhere. Now, you might say, what's the difference? It's half a point. But when you think about in a halftime condensed scoring, it only takes one missed extra point or two field goals versus a touchdown. And again, you can have two more touchdowns, but still that that one stays. And people go for two at crazy times now. And I think pregame did the research on this, and I, I believe eight percent of the games landed on oh, one in the uh, first half. I believe that's now, interesting. Now, now it, it it only matters. Let's let McKenzie give the numbers. Yeah, since the extra point rule was changed in 2015. 1,900 games, a little bit more, 8.6% in the first half. Either team has been up by one. So, Fez, that first quarter number is bigger than you thought. It's, so it's 5.4% of first quarter, 86 of half. So it's more than half the time. You didn't know that, did you? Fez predicted half. He predicted like 2.5%? He predicted half. He'd be 6 and 3%. Oh, so. okay, okay. So it would be 4. Directionally, point, he was right. Four, well, no. He said 4.3 is half of 8.6. I predicted 3 and 6. Oh, three. the actual numbers you have to divide these numbers by two because it, it only matters if the favorite's up by one. It doesn't matter if the dog's up by one. True. So you divide by two, you probably divide by 0.6 because the favorite's going to be ahead a little nah, bit. Nah, it's so small. Really? So one favorites point. don't matter? All right, fair enough. Well, no, they You're right. It's probably multiplied by 0.55. Yeah. All right, fine. All right. So what you're saying is then that it would matter. Let's just say have to do the math simple. Is in the halftime, it would matter 4.3% of the time. Right, half of eight point six. Yes, and it would be let me think two point five, two point seven percent of the time. Which, if you round it up for the favorite, being more likely, it'd be three percent, which up. matches my exact. We're not number. rounding it. It matches it to the decimal point. But what? 
Well, you can't if say you, to, round, you can't say to the decimal point and round up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fed special right there. Okay, so we wanted to do the math, but one matters. So that should matter to you. Now, what really matters in the first quarter, for example, is pick them, right? Because if you get any points, you win on a tie. Ties happen a ton. A ton, especially more so in the first quarter than the third. Because there's quarter. less scoring. Yes. All right. Now, a lot of people worth about eighty, like eighty-five cents. Wow. So. 85 cents if you get the plus a half a point over Pick'em for the first quarter. Right. So if I had my wow. choice between even money or plus half minus 85, I'm indifferent. So, Fez, we could actually give you all of the uh, of the ratios for all, for all of these games. That would be very valuable to Yes, you. because I'm just back of the envelope. I know what the, how the market prices it and versus – Submit know. a bit for this information. We might do a little contract work <laughs> for you. I'll put together an envelope for you. <laughs> all right, we, we'll do that for you. Remind us if we yes. don't forget. So a lot of people would have given up. They would have said, damn, market got, damn, they, not me. Didn't get the one and a half. The market's like, we they, can't play the worst number. They're, they're, they're shading against us. We yeah. don't like that. I said, huh. I remember, I go to the crevices of my mind, that Arizona's problem wasn't first half as much as first quarter. So McKenzie got his computer going. Here's what we found out. For the first half, the margin for Arizona versus the second half is minus 10, or we'll call it minus 11 points. It's 10.8, minus 11 points. For Seattle, for the first half, was minus, oh, I guess, the, how are you saying this? Because, McKenzie, we always want to do it compared to the second half, right? So We got the game margin there. Yeah, but we shouldn't have to do that math, should we? So the game margin is minus 5.4. The first half margin is only minus 0.4. So they're better in the first almost, quarter. They're almost break. Well, in, almost the first break half, even. in the first half, they're an even team. In the second half, they've been losing by about five points. right? And for the game, they're losing by about five points. Oh, I see. And they're actually good in the first quarter. Yeah. In the first quarter, which we're now transitioning to, Seattle's actually up 2.6 points. Right? Almost well, rounding up, it's three. Exactly to the decimal. <laughs> so now... So now <laughs> If you think about it, we got a team that loses the game by five and a half points that wins the first quarter by almost three points. And we got a team on the other side, our bet's Seattle first quarter, by the way. On the other side, they lose in the first quarter by seven and a half points, which is three quarters of the whole first half. Screw deficit. the first half. We're this, playing first quarter plus one, lay a dollar fifty. And this is a lot better. Yes. And that's what the market is right now, plus one minus dollar fifty. Yes, but I wouldn't even call it a market. That's what the first book that has put the line up. The market is not mature yet now think of this thing right now we shush on this until the market you know wait for get word on my twitter if you can bet this once we oh wait they're not gonna wait are they no okay start buying up (laughs) seattle start buying up seattle first quarter use the offshores and keep it quiet arizona hasn't scored a point in the first quarter this season that's gonna make it easier to cover plus one i like it (laughs) guys this is the kind of thing that we we're proving that yeah that's good we're proving though that people not listening to us or not it doesn't matter that the media is is listening to the true experts and they're regurgitating it and then it spreads and what's happening is it's harder and harder to find these spots but you know what we keep digging we're going to find them but that's for sure this shows that it's hard to look at this even after five games and say it's just random i agree and you know if it is just random it has to be just random for two teams because they both have this effect. And if it is just random for two teams, then we got we're losing the vig in theory. Exactly. What AJ said has and he a likes lot of, Seattle anyway. AJ has a lot of merit. He said, "Why does he like Seattle?" He's like, "Well, the only thing I fear. Well, what, what about Arizona? You broke it down. Arizona sucks when it's all scripted and it only works when they just play street ball and like draw some stuff up late yep. in the game." 
And whenever you have a rationale for it, it makes more sense. And I think it does with Arizona. So I endorse this play. I like Seattle as well. well you're going to be betting on it big, right? Yes. Well, and I and we bet Seattle plus three early in the uh, in the cycle. And you're oh, down I got on a piece that. of that. Yeah, All right, that's good. So when I when we did the five four three two one when I filled out our our sheet, mm-hmm. I was the only one on Seattle. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel great about it. It was close to me. Is it because you guys had this this derivative that you liked better? It's because I had plus three in the line. The, you know, it's the it, line you're making today. a good point. AJ is part of me is thinking. Well, I I really love this first half initially in the first quarter, but it doesn't change in this exercise of picking sides that probably Seattle should have made it. What worried me a little bit was it feels like whenever a team has their coming out. Like Atlanta has recently, where it went from this team's no good to you know they're not so bad. Like when the Bill Simmons of the world are saying that, that's usually the time not to bet a team. It feels like Seattle's Geno Smith is having his coming out party right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I'm always worried about that. If I have a huge edge, I, even if see I thought was the hell, I could bet this if I thought that the right side was Arizona for the game. What would that be? A point and a half, I think it was off. So I would bet this first quarter, even if I thought Arizona was yes. right for the game. So in a weird way, the reason I don't like Seattle is for the whole game, I'm worried about the coming out party of Geno Smith. Does it cause him to get a little full of himself? Do You know you know how it is when, a, like in college basketball, you get this. A team's not getting any attention. They finally make the yeah. top 25. There's a phenomenon. These are pros. Yeah. But Isn't I, there a trend, a team yeah, that cracks the top 25 first time? Yeah, you fade a team when they crack the top 25. Is that right? Yeah, especially like a team that. that's not yeah. used to being there. So like when Penn State makes the top 25, they're not staying. Yeah, that's interesting. All right, good stuff. Free best bet. I like to just give extra. Some yeah, don't give enough. I I try to give extra. If it loses, blame fast. All right, next game. We've got an Andre the Giant handicap oh. match. Who is it? Me in this corner, R.J. Bell. All right. And Steve Fezzik. Oh my God, who's getting slaughtered? In the other corner, we've got Andre the Giant. No. Scott Seidenberg. <laughs> All right. So this is the what were they called? The superpowers. The, the mega powers. powers. All right, I'll be Hulk. <laughs> Look out! I don't even want to get near him. There we go. I'm scared. Oh my God, he just did the. I got to tell you. He's hulking out. I got to tell yeah. you something. I think he's on some kind of medication. Something. We we need to get the cameras rolling. That was awesome. He's resorted to he's resorted to PEDs to beat the. Time I got to be honest. He's done the three crazy. He's done the three most clever things I've ever seen him do. Funny wise today. Go ahead, Scott. You leave. Oh, you want me to start? Since he, I'm, I'm it's the It's an one advantage because you can get you can get the audience on your side. All right, all right. Here we go. Here we go. First off, I'm the underdog here, so everyone just be on my side. <laughs> uh, I'm taking the New York Jets, and the key here is the seven and a half is against this Howard Cosell. Line, the line seven. It's seven in the line. Seven. Seven. <laughs> the key now has been eliminated. The key just got thrown out the window. I, I, agree, with, I, I agree with these guys. All right, RJ fans, your turn. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't consider this game if it weren't six, seven, and a half. That's it. I'm out. <laughs> Here's what weight is this for you? Two. Okay. You yeah. use that excuse like that. It's my two weight, guys. <laughs> Look. The defense is playing well for the Jets, surprisingly well. Sauce Gardner looks like a star emerging for them, and it looked like it was the right draft pick. And I utilize the eye test a lot when it comes to my handicapping, and of course I incorporate the numbers that I learned from being here at pregame. But when I watched the Green Bay Packers, the reason why I was all over the Giants last week, both spread and sprinkle on the money line, because the Packers don't look right. 
Aaron Rodgers doesn't look right. There's something now, wrong with you, this team. Would you say that was the case before last week? Because if you I bet, about, I bet against uh, them last week. Uh, but you bet the Giants every week so far. Sure. All right. So now the question and is, good reason. What, what? Well, it's been yeah. very prescient. What was what you saw on the field from the uh, Packers that you thought was wrong that fell off? It's, it, body language, lack of intensity. There's something that just doesn't feel right watching from this the Packers first game till the this last. The sandwich in between the first game and mm-hmm. this game have been pretty good. You thought they were good against the Tampa Bay Bucks? Yeah, yeah. When you Very go good. into Tampa yeah. Bay and you win, that's pretty good. They barely hope, scored. That was the kind of game it was. Yes. Tampa didn't get a touchdown to the final minute. I mean, sure. In general, if you beat like one of the top three Super Bowl favorites in their house, no, I will say this: the the relationship with Rodgers and the wide receivers appears to be getting better. Right, uh, Romeo Dobbs emerging. Um, Alan Lazard is, is is still is is become has become I guess a favorite target of his, but there's something that I'm watching with this Packers team, and maybe the Giants picked up on it because they, there was a there was the play in London where Rodgers was signaling to Lazard, and the Giants picked up on it, and they were able to roll their coverage to his side. They deflected two consecutive passes because they knew which side the ball was going to. Now, I'm not going to say that what Aaron Rodgers is tipping pitches, but it just feels like. But the Giants picked up something that's great. It just feels like there's a laziness to this offense that I never saw before with Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't have that same eye of the tiger, for lack of a better explanation. Let's agree to the following. The case can be made that's been the case for a couple years. I was going to say, of all the quarterbacks, I think about not being like fiery type guy. Like he's like the bottom of the list to me for a guy who's. But but in a way, listen, I fell for it too against Green Bay after his one MVP season coming into last year with all the shenanigans in the offseason. I said, I don't think he, he – remember, he came cut up and ready to play two seasons ago because of the Jordan Love draft choice. That mm-hmm. was speculation. He won the MVP. Everyone was kissing his One butt. One of the best draft picks in the history of the NFL. Because of the motivational yes. element, you're saying. My point is I thought he wasn't as motivated, and he came in and had another MVP season. Let's talk motivation. All right. Off of a loss, Green Bay, mm-hmm. 9-0 straight up, 9-0 against the spread. That goes back how far? Well, nine losses, no, that's goes pretty back much five nine, years. Nine games. Yeah. Well, sorry. nine losses. But what I'm saying is they only lose. You they can't, lose three a year. You're not counting when they lose in the playoffs because there's right. not another So it goes game. back three so years. So it goes back three years. They haven't lost after they lost. Of those yeah. nine wins, eight of them by double digits. So after the game last week, there was this conversation where uh, players in the Packers locker room were saying, oh, well, you know, Everything's okay with this loss, but if we lose to the Jets next week, then it's going to start being something. And then Aaron Rodgers has to come out and say, I don't like this loser talk in the locker room. But if anything, that's going to motivate him more. I understand, but why is why is this even a but, conversation? But we're, we're not betting Green Bay to win the title. We're betting him to come back hard this week. Now, let me jump in here. You've had enough. Well, let me give you the stats. You All want right. stats? I'll give you stats here. We have the whole returning you, from You London. have your finite amount of time. I'll we let have you the returning more. from London factor. What right? factor is what, oh, the, the teams returning from London without a bye have allowed their opponents to go over their team total six of the seven times. All seven times those teams returning from London have either been tied or losing in the fourth quarter. Now, they've There's actually also, done pretty well, though. They've, they've covered half the time. They've surged back. 4-4-1. Four, four so maybe I will say that I think there's something to this. We were talking about it before. It does make sense. Maybe it's because you're five hours ahead or forward, I guess. So mm-hmm. that would be behind, I guess, in London. Then you move back east. What's going to happen? You're going to be your clock's going to be ahead. I don't even know how to use the lingo. Is let's think of it like this: you're jet what, what, lagged. 
I don't think it's that, but maybe it is. But let me get my theory out, and you can tell me if you agree. So this game's in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. They're central time zone, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's noon central the game goes. Is that correct? Okay. So that would be 5 o'clock in London. London. So that means that Green Bay is going to be – it's going to feel early to Green Bay early in this game. And then later, it's going to feel better if their clock's still kind of in between the two. So when it's the fourth quarter, when they've all surged, is when it's been like, hey, it's London time in a way to play a game. Well, in that fourth quarter, the New York Jets are the highest scoring fourth quarter team in the Because they're down NFL. by 30 points. They, they keep coming They back. average 11.6 points in the fourth quarter. That's because the Bay, Cleveland Browns Green Bay are, is only are, are, are wussies. 2.4 points per fourth quarter. And this idea of a bounce back after a loss actually is not true. Well, the 9-0? We're talking about that, Green Bay. In general, teams that lose as a touchdown or more favorite and are then a touchdown or more favorite the following week, they're 32-34-1 ATS over the last 20 years. Uh, I like that. That's a good stat. But well, we, we, talk, got, we okay. talked about it's a great stat, but, like, it's 32-34. and 34. Mm-hmm. It's basically saying, but saying, don't you but think what, it would be what, much better if they're saying, that much better than right, the other right. teams? This is what he's saying. He's saying everyone's going to talk the narrative. It's a bounce-back spot. And he's saying history There's says no they merit. don't generally bounce back. There's it's, no merit. It's yeah. it's It's... But we got the night when you're nine and zero. Even though it's a small sample size, mm-hmm. that's getting to the point where it's almost it's almost a what is it five hundred to one or whatever that it's just fibbling coins. It feels like that's more pertinent. In fact, you take that out of yours. Now all those aren't going to be against double digit or seven yeah. plus point favors. I'll tell you this, Fez. I want to get your handicap. If you like the Jets at all, I think you got to play them first half. Combination of that London stat. I mean, that is a, I agree a stunning with, I stat. Agree with that. that teams have been yes. I mean, it's like literally every one of them is either losing or tied in the fourth quarter, which means, hey, if you're laying seven. Although last I'm, week it didn't apply, Minnesota jumped out to a big lead and then they gave it all back in the, in the fourth quarter. I, they were losing. I want to pull back the curtain a little bit here. Yeah. Pro betting tip. All right, but this line is seven point two. Mm-hmm. All right, there's seven seven halves. Whenever a game is lined at like seven to seven point two, the first half oftentimes can create a real nice situation because if you like the favorite in the first half, you can always find a minus four. But if you like the dog in the first half, you can take plus four and a half. An example: Monday Night Football, the Raiders, Kansas City was exactly in the same bucket. No problem. You could get Raiders plus four and a half, or you could choose to lay four with Kansas City first half. All right, and that's just the mechanics. Uh, there's a math, they're not all sitting pondering all these lines. They put it in the computer or Excel sheet, boom, boom, boom. There's certain uh, ratios. They might tweak it a little bit. Th- this is one where the ratio lends itself towards the dog. Yes, and the and the cockroach uh, bookie some, is aware three is a really important number, mm-hmm. but they don't realize that four, which is kind of trivial, it's not that important in a regular in, in a, a game regulation a full time game, yeah. full game. But in the first half, four actually is really important, way more important than you'd ever think. Fourteen, ten, seven, three—you get the idea. So McKenzie contradicts Scott with the following: the highest scoring teams in the fourth quarter, Jets, Saints, Arizona, as he calls them, all bad teams. Now, I'm not sure New Orleans is a bad team. I, I don't think bad is right. But, I, you know, if anything, Arizona would play. I mean, I know this year they're not great, but that's interesting, actually. You know, one thing Green Bay, though, is notorious for taking big leads and then being too conservative in the fourth quarter. They sit I on agree the with that. I agree. Here, let's talk about the Jets side. Is It feels like, to me, the Jets are certainly trending in the right direction. 
But it wasn't just a couple weeks ago you thought they were the worst team in the league, Scott. Yeah, and right. a and couple of wins will change your mind. But does it? Against a Skyler I mean, Thompson. Well, let's, <laughs> let's be honest. Against Pittsburgh, give them credit. And Wilson had his best game last week. It's not Lambeau. Right, I mean, but I don't know. I feel like the Jets are a little. It's got forty points on this Dolphins defense. But but remember now, when good point. Here's the thing, though, and this is very important. They uh, Teddy Bridgewater got knocked out on the first play. Yeah, yep. Changes the whole game. When you have a third string quarterback, it's one thing. It's another if if the second string is supposed to uh, play. So the whole game, or, or I'm sorry, the whole week, they're getting ready. He's not getting many snaps. Now the next week, he gets snaps all week if he's still in. So to me, that made Miami. And plus, all the turmoil with these concussions. Yeah, I I think Miami's a good team still. That was a and listen, when your offense is that bad. It makes it easy for the other offense to score. So the Jets' point total, I don't think, is all about their offense. Mm-hmm. And against Pittsburgh, it was pure luck. Who are we kidding? I mean, oh no, I don't want to say that. It was a random. How do I want to say this? Entering the fourth with that score being what it was, Pittsburgh wins far more than half the time. They didn't this time. Yeah. Now you got to give the Jets their merit for that. But it still was, uh, you know. So there's an unlikely win along with a miracle win when they won against Cleveland. For the Jets. Can't you just be so, proud of me for being contrarian? So wait, they have three the Jets have three <laughs> wins? It, it's not possible. They do, yeah. Wow. Couple more couple more quarterbacks get injured, they could get to six. Here's what I know. The look ahead in how much would you upgrade the Jets off of last week against the third string quarterback the whole game? Slight upgrade just because of what they did to the Dolphins defense. I agree. I think even a point you could say. One. You? All right. So what? what what would you say the Green Bay downgrade would be off of the one London game? Half a point down. I agree. Not as much as you think because it was a, kind of a ran, kind of a crazy place to play. You know, what did you do? I made a point. All right. So let's just say you, let's go with the more pessimistic phases. But you, good range. I think you guys are pretty tight. The line was nine and a half on the look ahead. Okay. Eight and a half, seven and a half. I think if it was the seven and a half, you thought it could be <laughs> rational. Now we're getting a whole half a point here. That's narrative. Yes, and you know, but another narrative, if I may. Yeah. The summer line on this game was nine and a half. That shocked me. I'm looking back on that. I was like, now wait a minute. Green Bay is not nearly as good as we thought, and the Jets are a lot better. Hmm. See, I'm not sure about Green Bay not being before last week. I'm saying for the body of the, of the yeah, but I'm the saying, whole season. But but before last, but before last, but now the line seven. Yeah. So it has been adjusted. Before yeah. last week, I'd say Green Bay wasn't looked it's at. It's a big it. difference going to seven. Yeah. I will make one last point. And it's probably my main handicap, but I waited. I sat back in the weeds. <laughs> After the game, LaFleur, who some people like him, some don't, his stats are amazing with wins and losses. Let's be honest. His playoff performance, not so amazing, but it's small sample. He was acting like he was like drunk or discombobulated, in my opinion. He was going, I don't know what time it is. He was like making a big deal about it. I, you know, press conference or after the game. London epoxia. I believe that they just weren't ready for this, that this trip was a problem for them. The performance shows it. The fact that you got a head coach who's a professional acting kind of erratic. Did you see any of this? No, I don't know what you're talking about. He was acting erratic, yeah. saying, at one point, he like blurts out, I don't even know what time it is, like saying, like making, excuse, yeah. you know. It feels like, like you said, Rodgers is contradict. Everyone's giving excuses. That's the part that I watched. The Rodgers post back, yeah. back, back in Lambeau, they're fifteen and zero straight up. I, I think it's eleven and four against the spread. Uh, Things are going to be normal. Part of my anti-Packers sentiment, and yes, it has to do with Aaron Rodgers. 
all of the stuff that he is saying, the, the, whatever change he has had in his life. Now, is this before or after the two MVPs in a row? This is after. This is. But he was acting, acting kind of crazy before that, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he's a little more kooky this year. He had, he had a, some kind of, some people speculate a fake relationship with a movie star. Now, yeah. Some people speculate, mm -hmm. not me. Mm -hmm. How do I know? Maybe he hasn't met the right girl. Sure. Is what I figured. But, the, you know, it just even the conversation last week when he was talking about why, when the team, when players on the team were saying, you know, oh, well, if we lose next week. And he was like, he started talking about how manifesting in the universe and, and po putting positive vibes out there. And you don't want to talk negatively because, you know, it's like, I just feel like maybe some of his teammates don't like the new Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't know. There's something that doesn't seem right with this team. But let me ask you a question. You've been around. You've been in the media a long time. Have you ever had like locker room pass? Like, were you? Yeah, of course. Okay, so you've been there. AJ's been there a lot. He, he was actually banned at one point, but that's a whole <laughs> different thing. Okay. My sense is when you have a superstar like Aaron Rodgers, who's what one of the 20 most famous people in the country at this point, right? I don't think he's having. He has nothing in common with those 22 year old kids. Agreed. In general, he's, he's, almost, he's almost like a coach. Yeah. Right? So I'm he not— He didn't go to his birthday party. I'm not sure that they need—I I think the—now, Tom Brady's famous for still trying to connect with the younger players. And, that, and Tom Brady's Tom Brady, right? I don't know if we could possibly think anyone is going to connect below him with Aaron Rodgers, below him in the seniority and the fame, whatever you want to say. So you're right. I think he, he talks wacky compared to the average person. But if a guy went up and, like Patrick Ewing in the beginning, you know, just out of uh, college, he wasn't very articulate, was he? <laughs> right? But in general, it didn't affect his game. Now, maybe you could say that's why they never won a title with him. But what I'm saying is for a guy, for a, a sport that a lot of people can barely form a sentence, maybe a guy who's actually thinking about the philosophy of life, yeah, it's different. But is it a negative? I don't know. Maybe. For uh, it, it, let me ask you something. If – the Packers, let's go extreme example. Packers lose this game. Mm -hmm. What is your evaluation of this team? I think this is a spot where you've got to expect max performance. If max performance against the Jets at home leads to a loss, unless it was a very fluky game, mm -hmm. I would have to seriously downgrade Green If it Bay. was the same game as the Giant game last week. I would downgrade them, but not as much. Here's why. I'll give you an example. Green Bay versus the Giants in London, even with all the kookiness, when they were up 17-3 in the second quarter, they had a 95% chance to win the game. Now, did the Giants show the bolt, the blueprint? Because the no. Packers only had three possessions in the second half last week. They so played keep the away. Favorite. But I, I think Aaron Rodgers was the problem. Why would they want to keep away from the problem? I don't know. I think it's always the holy grail is keep away against a good quarterback. It rarely works. I think one of the interesting things in this game is the familiarity between the coaches. Matt LaFleur and Robert Sala are best friends. Hmm. Uh, Matt LaFleur's brother is, is the, the OC for yeah. the Jets. Hmm. Like, so where do you see the advantages at? I, to, I, I, I guess to me, I guess I, I probably say the Jets have the advantage because they've got an offensive and a defensive guy who know LaFleur's tendencies. But that, that I, I honestly... X this game off as a game that I would be on a side because of that. I, I don't know who has the advantage, really. I think most of the time there's hardly any advantage in those kind of things, though we want there to be. A few weeks ago, the Jets were catching six at home against the Bengals. All right? And we played the Bengals. Yes, and we played the Bengals. Who's better, Green Bay or Cincinnati? Green Bay. Green Bay. All right. Now the Jets aren't home anymore. 
Now the Jets are on the road at, at Lambeau. At one, of the, at one of the best home fields. At one in the of league. the best home fields, and the line is almost the same. So that that clearly, from that snapshot, if you just compare those two data points, Green Bay has to be right. And I think what you just said means that the London travel factor is it, it's in this line, in big time. Yes, I think it's more than that because when the line was nine and a half last week, everyone knew they were coming back from London and playing a game. Yes. So this is all about that they look bad. There's the win probability. And all we can say is it's all Green Bay, and then there's like a rocket ship up for the Giants. And then it was the last, what, half quarter of the game? You know, last eight minutes? Hey, they won. Give them credit. And I you know, listen, I, I'm on, I'll give you a little hint. I'm on the Giants this week. So it's a small play. Oh, no Big way. Surprise, yeah. No way. <laughs> all right, guys, good stuff. Now, let's, let's, we should do this during the crossfire a little. Have you, are you a little less sure of your pick? Yeah, but I think I'm I am being contrarian and I think you should be proud of that. I like it. I like it. Isn't it funny though, the first time he's ever contrarian, he's going against both of us on the favor. That, that is wild. That is he wild. Probably, I mean he's writing down his picks, he's like, Oh, they're gonna love ah, this. Yeah. Uh, double crossfire with RJ and Fez. It just, uh, that what, is funny. What a break. Although, although I'm playing with a little bit of house money on the crossfires. Ooh, so grandstanding, oh. 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 hot dog oh, and yeah. Oh, I, oh god, I owe you a hundred, don't I? I gotta pay that too. No, Jesus, you paid for but, dinner last night. Oh, no, no, no. Here, yeah. here we go. <laughs> Listen, I want to keep you buttoned. All, right. <laughs> All right. Next game, Giants-Baltimore. As you just said, you're on the Giants well, Now we're on week. the same side. I All right, here's better. what I'm going to do. I'm going to go get a Coke Zero. You guys handle it. I'll come in, in in three minutes, baby. Okay, so I'll start. The Giants offensive line is actually playing really well. Last week against the Ravens, they received such, excuse me, against the Packers. The Giants' O line received incredible PFF grades. In fact, Andrew Thomas, who the tackle who people thought was going to be a problem, is the number one graded tackle according to PFF. Linebackers are playing great. Thibodeau, Kayvon Thibodeau, had four pressures last week. And I'll give you two words: Wink Martindale. Game he, show host? No. <laughs> yes, Press your luck. Yeah. The Giants' defensive coordinator who spent all those years with Harbaugh and the Ravens, knows everything that Lamar Jackson could possibly do to this defense. If there's anyone that I trust, besides Bill Belichick, to concoct a defense to slow down Lamar Jackson, it's going to be Wink Martindale. And let me ask you, Fez, if this game, look at the line right now. What is it, five and a half? If this game was in Baltimore... And the Ravens were nine and a half point favorites. Would you be on the Giants or the Ravens? I'd be passing. I, okay, I think that tells me something. I, I don't like the teams that like pull big upsets and then all of a sudden, you but know, they've been pulling upsets all year. On, uh, no, on on the road, on the if on the road, the fact that the Giants are home, they're in a home underdog momentum situation. So I I I, I actually like them much better catching you know, the points at home here than being a bigger underdog on the road. Daniel Jones has won and covered, so won and covered four straight games as a home underdog. So four straight games as a home dog, they're winning. The Giants, um, they're 4-1 and one on the season. And teams with an 80% or higher winning percentage that are home underdogs over the last 20 years, 50, 32, and 2 ATS. But the Giants are garbage compared to those teams. But the Giants are still 4 and 1. Who's and the number one receiver this week? Darius, uh, Darius Slayton. 
who actually got incredible PFF grades for his performance last week against the Packers. Where was he on the depth chart before the season started? Number two. Was he two? Yeah. Okay. And I just know they had all the yeah. all, so, so many injuries on the wide and receivers. As a favorite, that's not where you want to back Lamar Jackson. He's incredible as an underdog in his career. Nine and two ATS. But he's only 22 and 25 ATS as a favorite. So I'm I'm getting a home dog here that has all of this going for them. I think the I think the Giants not only can cover this game, don't be surprised they win this thing outright. Darius Slayton was not number two on the on the depth chart at the beginning of the year. Yeah, he was. No. Uh, I, hey, are you, is, if you're counting Kenny Galladay, I'm, I'm giving you what the New York Giants released as their uh, first official depth chart. What do they know? Well, give the info. Kenny Galladay. Number one, uh, Wandale Robinson, number two, what Kadarius position, Tony. What position is this? Wide, Wide receiver. receiver. We're Sterling well, Shepard. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. He got hurt. Hold on a second. There's two or three wide receivers at a time, right? That, that's so, why I'm, I'm giving you the three that are listed as I, starters. The three. Go ahead. Kadarius Tony, Wandale Robinson, Kenny Galladay are listed okay. as the three starters. David Sills, Richie James, and Sterling Shepard listed as the backups. Mm-hmm. And then there's Darius Slayton. He's the one wide receiver in the third well, column. Slayton was hurt. He didn't start the year. So and he wasn't number two, two on the depth chart. Because I don't think he was even on the. Who's the question? Why does it matter? Yeah, he was injured. Well, that was the question, Fez. But, asked. but why? What's the pertinence? The, the pertinence is the major cluster injuries of the Giants' skill position wide receivers. Okay. But how's he playing? Is he, this guy playing? He played good? great last week. Yeah. So, yes, I mean, Packers. Yeah. I mean, think about it. If the guy played horrible, but we said he was first on the depth chart, would that make us feel better? No, but I mean, Fez said. Oh, I'm not questioning. I'm, I thought you were behind the argument. You don't agree with it's the argument? It's not Darius Slayton. It's just the, the Giants' wide receivers are compromised. Yeah. But the Giants but how are they actually, winning so much? They've actually been utilizing other pieces. Because Saquon here. Barkley is God this year versus. Yeah. And how's he doing? Is he, is he injured? No, he's no. so funny. we got him. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm, I'm asking rhetorical questions. And he's catching passes, so he's picking up the slack on the reception yards. And the Giants have only allowed one rushing touchdown all year defensively. All right. So here's mm. here's the thing. I this is to me more of an anti-Baltimore play, and here's why for me. Baltimore's had a, a real difficult schedule. Really tough game. I mean, too. if there was ever a time, to, yeah, that's a good point. It's one thing to think a game is going to be tough. It's another that they're fighting in the fourth quarter. Right, and if we look at the series again, Mackenzie, maybe pop up hit their schedule if you would. Baltimore. I mean, I'm not sure if I remember. I'm just going by memory here. Have they had an easy game? No, Miami, New uh, England, which was a war. New Jets England was one. New England was close. That was a tough game. Buffalo, Cincy, Sunday night football to the very end. And who's next? Final week? drive, Browns. In division, this feels like the sandwich a sandwich. You're now almost a touchdown favor. You're th- I mean, let's be honest. You're b- in general, Baltimore always seems beat up, but they seem beat up now. Yeah. I just feel like it's a pure. It's like if the here's the funny thing: if the Giants had one win, people would be looking to bet this. But people in their mind think I don't want to play the Giants. Overrated four and one team. What would the line be? You know what the line was in the preseason, in the summer, in the summer, three and a half. Baltimore is three and a half. So somehow, someway, Baltimore net net is now three points better. What? Yeah, exactly. What do you have? Uh, I got three and a half. Yeah, so we're right. This line just—it's like everyone looked at the Giants. What's, I don't want to. What's, pe- what's the Westgate line on this? Five, is it five and a half? Five. five mm-hmm. Still okay. I mean, is, is, is it five? That's crazy. Oh, you're right. Five and a half. I apologize. It's five yeah. even more. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're betting Baltimore. 
So what? Uh, yeah. By the way, there was an influencer that gave out Baltimore today. Congratulations! Which gives us value. Yeah, mean, that's it, just. It, I think that just pushes whatever. the number. How's that influencer doing on the air? Yeah, I mean, this is exactly. Yeah, listen, all I know is this: here's the market right now, right? and we never know who. Listen, what I can promise you, influence or whatever, that, that if if someone with any standing at all is in the media giving picks, it's for an agenda to manipulate the market. Mm. Oh, you like you don't know that. You're afraid to say, oh, I'm scared. Do you believe that? Do be correct, Fez? Selectively. So you think there's, there's, like, Billy Walters often goes on TV shows and various things and give his picks? Never. Okay. So he, he for like protects those like they were his whole cards in a big poker game. Okay. So why would some literally Billy tries to protect his or tried whatever allegedly try to protect his picks even at post where he doesn't want people to know who he likes even if they can't bet it. But there's some people that just don't bet and they want to have really good winning records. Okay. And right. these are people that are meaningless then. Like if someone doesn't bet, how I don't think they're meaningless. There's some so, people just don't bet. Like 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 some of wait, the black. You think there's someone that's like able to win? They're positive EV EV, and they say keep that money. Yes, there was there was professional well, blackjack players like 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 the guys that invented counting. Some of these guys didn't even like play blackjack competitively. But 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 here's the thing: a guy like Thorpe that I think you're referencing, who wrote Beat the Dealer, he was an academic who also, by the way, reg, runs a ran a. I don't know if he still does or not. A billion-dollar hedge fund. He didn't mm. need to count cards. Fair, fair enough. This but was I think an aside. Some of these so guys. So this guy's a billionaire or even a hundred millionaire. Fine. For whatever reason, some of these guys just aren't billionaires. They're not millionaires, and they just like to to to, to like do the research, and they don't like to and bet. We, they don't like we, to gamble. But we They're have no gambling. So name me some names that meet this criteria that aren't involved in this. Game. Oh well, in this in this case, it's Doctor Bob. Okay, that's yeah. fine. But Doctor Bob's a tout, right? Who may win or may not win. It's a in the NFL. What's his history in the NFL? Over the, over the last 20 years, poor. Over the last four years, good. Okay, so, yeah, oh, I'm sure he's figured it out, right? <laughs> he, in the age of 70, he figured it out. <laughs> I mean, listen, I think Dr. Bob did fine. St- I mean, to me, he innovated the idea that your record, uh, that your performance versus the other team's average in the plus or minus delta on that. So let's say, for example, and Mackenzie and I were talking about this for an, in another area. Let's say the other team gives up, um, let's say, uh, uh, 300 yards passing. That's their average. You get 330 yards passing against them, you've done 30 yards better, right, than their yeah, average. Yeah, this is good. I, and, and if you have it where, it, where it, and again, I'm not a mathematician, but now you can actually have it be first level, second level, third level, and get a real sense of strength of schedule with this, but also get how well did that team perform. Exactly right. So if you're a good rushing team and you're averaging six yards per rush for halfway through the year, but your opponents, on average, their defenses are giving up six yards per rush, you're not a good rushing team. You're an average rushing team that just got to play against that schedule of bad yes. rushing defense. And often strength is schedule. Great. Very well said. A lot of strength of schedules are one no- one number. That's how good the team is. Next level is, well, how are they on offense and defense? That's two numbers, right? The next is rushing offense, passing offense, rushing defense, passing defense. But what about against a tight end? Yeah. We mentioned how Buffalo does against a tight end, but how did the teams that he went against, how were they thrown to their tight end? Yes. That's the key. He... As far as I know, he innovated that thinking. Congratulations. That stuff, though, is not for the NFL. Because what we know is any NFL is a low-volume number of games. Anything Stats need volume. That's all you can say. So to me, stats that are per play, I think you can work in the NFL. But things like that, the Giants, are, what's the Giants record? What's the Baltimore record? Why aren't the Giants favored? 
Right? Obviously, it's not about the binary wins and losses. Why? Because there's not enough volume. But in the baseball, how often does a team have a lot more wins at the end of the season, but they're not better than a team? Very rare. Because there's 162, right? And even then, there's always the debate of, well, do they just happen to have this great bullpen that enables them to win these one-run games? So maybe, you know what, maybe by Pythagorean, they're not better, but they are but they are um, uh, comp- composed such that they're going to win more close games. And one of the things Scott showed us, and I thought his, I got to tell you, it was very, talking about prescient, forward-looking. You were talking baseball like three months ago, two and a half, and you said you thought the Phillies mm-hmm. were a team that's built for the playoffs. And I was like, why? And we did a little model here where we gave points for, I can't remember, it was bullpen got a lot, right? Pitching, lineup, defense. And, well, yeah. and then we rated them like one to five, and it came out that the Phillies was like one of the top teams. They're doing pretty good, right? Yeah, well, they just lost to the Braves uh, tonight, but they're 1-1 in the division series. And they not not just a 1-1. Swept the Cardinals 2-0 in the Wild. Not just a 1-1. So, so they have to go on the road. They have to. They win both games in St. Louis. Now, bang! They got to stay on the road, and they yeah. got to play against what some people fear are the best team in the National League, Atlanta. And they got split, but now they, they got, got split. But now they have the home advantage. They'll have two games in Philly if they win them both. What's the series price now? Series. I'm going to guess. Don't don't say. I'm going to guess. Atlanta's got to still be favored. Well, remember, Philly. Atlanta, Philly was I know. I know yesterday. what's going on. Philly was favored yesterday in the series. I, I understand. I understand. Don't don't don't. He's it's thinking, one one. He's thinking. Down, down. Atlanta is going to be minus one fifty two. Nope, one forty six. One sixty. Come on, Fez. Uh, it's one forty six up here. Damn it! Uh. All right. So so good. Good. Um, so hadn't peaked. It, hadn't peaked. To wrap it all around, a guy who has a lifetime losing record in the NFL is causing the market to move. That smells like an opportunity. Now this me. is this is interesting because it depends how, where the snapshot back in the. Well, 90s, how, about, how about this? How about this? Oh, yeah, the, let's look at your career. Well, Why don't the, we look at the lifetime? If because, we say how good it, is Bobby is Barry Bonds, this ahead. is important because the lifetime is irrelevant. Why is that? Because Andy Isco destroyed the NFL in the 1980s. It's irrelevant. The NFL is so much more beatable. Maybe it's a different ball. Here's game. the thing, though. The eight, we're not saying you can like so and so or whoever. And I I know have no idea what Andy did in the 80s. I'm not talking about him. But what I'll say is, I like Andy. What I'll Me say too. is, <laughs> great proxy if you need a proxy. All right. Yeah. Thanks for the. Fez has his own promotional channel yeah. here for some reason. It's a, yeah. All right. Anyway, I don't know anything about his proxy either, but he does seem like a, you know, he seems like a kind of forthright fellow, and we've done some work with him. Anyway, back to my point is if the 80s he did good, well, the 80s are going to be a handful of years. And then there's the 90s and the 2000s and the 2010s, and here we are. And if you want to wait recent years a little bit, maybe. But in, how many handicappers have you known that are losers? And I'm not talking about anyone here, not talked about whatever. And then 20 years in, they get good at that sport. Maybe it's, it's a small sample size. They randomly are having a good run in that sport that is low volume to start with. Mm-hmm. I don't think people usually innovate in the NFL in their 60s. Or is it Josh Allen of handicappers? <laughs> the one, the unicorn. It could be but Josh we, Allen, sixty. But we we we, we would never know, <laughs> right? Right? Because with Josh Allen, it's on a per no, play right. basis. I'm trying to think of like 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 what was the one like really old guy that won the Super Bowl that was just like a journeyman beforehand? Dick Vermeil. You are we talking about a coach? That, that would be coaching. Yeah, Dick Dick Vermeil would be a good example. Like 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 like. Well, yeah, yeah. He he does have a 500 record, Dick Vermeil. Yeah. If you look at, but but would you agree with me? 
That yes. in general, 90, I'd say ninety percent. No, not ninety. Like not, not, not like ninety-nine. Yeah. Like, yeah, because you think someone's winning, and then they die, and you realize, well, well wait, I put myself in the one percent, though. Well, how like, so? What I've, did you... re- I've reinvented a lot of things I've done. But in the but, NFL. The, but but the question is, you see, you're missing the point. How did you do before with doing your I don't know two super contest I, years? I won big. Okay, and now you're still winning. Yes. So that meant whatever the circumstances were at the time, you figured it out. Yes. But there's some guy that hadn't figured it out for 20 oh, years. He's not going to suddenly. But, but not, with the, the market even more efficient, he's not going to suddenly figure it out. Exactly. I agree. So if it happens, it's you either he's getting picks from some syndicate for some reason. They want to manipulate the market through him. And if so, you never know if the pick is right or not. That's the whole point of it. Mm-hmm. Right. And or it's a it's a it's a Short-term it's a fortunate varies. run. Yeah. yeah. I don't see any other way. You just made my point. A winner's a winner. Now, when you're a kid, you're 20, 20. I would say after 30, though. 20s, I, I can almost discount them, right? Because you were learning the game. Right. Once you hit, th- once you handicap for 10 years or seven years, you are what you are. Now, some There's, people can win and they can't evolve, but very few people lose, then evolve into the next winner. Here's an analogy. You don't suddenly see a 55-year-old chess champion who was just an international master at at 40 suddenly get good, and you don't see a poker player suddenly winning all these tournaments in their 50s when they were just also-rans in their 40s. Unless somehow they take the limitless drug. (laughs) So maybe. Tell me about that. NZT. So Uh, what do you think of this trend as it relates to the Giants? So over the last 20 years, teams that have an 80% or higher winning percentage, mm-hmm. which the Giants fall into being 4-1 and one straight up, mm-hmm. those teams as home underdogs— See, I would think again that they're going to be horrible. 50, 32, and 2 ATS. See, these is, i got to look at what database you're using because this all goes against—it's really the flip side of what you said, right? What the other one was, if you have a big favorite, mm-hmm. you wouldn't expect to be a favorite— I thought it'd be good. This is a dog that you exactly. wouldn't expect to be a dog. Exactly. But the yeah. dog covers. But no, that, that makes sense because you don't expect them to be a dog and they're covering as dogs. I think the locker room it also. Does it to me. I, I think it's human nature. You're four and one. You believe in yourself. You're you're an 80% win team and we're being disrespected. You know, I think we're the, the underdog. Oh, I think absolutely. And, and, and this Giants team, especially. With Brian Dable as head coach, you know that they're doing bulletin board material. It's us against the world. Oh, I'm, I'm Kansas, and I'm four and zero straight up, and I'm and they're making me a seven and a half point underdog. Are I, you kidding me? Motiva- First of all, I'm on the Giants too. Motivationally, I agree with you 100. Mm-hmm. percent But Fez, quickly, we'll move on. Do you agree with the following? If the market has a price that doesn't make a ton of sense, if you're a casual sports fan. Chances are that price is it's good to play with that side that doesn't seem to make sense. Yes, if I, unless I can explain it. If I could explain it, then I could say, hey, this is irrational exuberance. But if for- you have a high winning percentage yeah. team that's a home dog, there's a reason. Yes. And, it, and if you have a big favor that's a losing team, there's a reason. Now, your history saying, no, I'm going to dig in. We'll talk about it next week. I'm surprised at both of those. But mm-hmm. you see where – and I think yeah. you see it. There are two sides of the same coin. Yeah. So, Faz, what you're saying is there's no real reason that this line in this game, if in the summer it was Giants underdog of three and a half, that they should be a five and a half point underdog. No reason at all. That's that's our pick? Yep. Was anyone going against us? No. No. Thank God. What's next? Denver Broncos plus five against the L.A. Chargers. This is Fez's one weight. Yeah, so I'm on the underdog here. Obviously, I'm concerned the Russell Wilson injury and what's going on there. But, you know, there's just too much value here. I downgraded Denver so much here. I've got them two points worse than an average team. There's nothing wrong with the underlying Denver. That seems lower than I would think. Yeah. I mean, I've really downgraded. And what's your power rating save for the game? 
uh, I make the game neutral three, and then and most I give the I get to three and a half, and that's being generous with, with the Chargers having a very modest home 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 field, and the Lions five. Now, who would have thought before the season that you have Chargers power rated what one point better than the average team. And Denver minus two. Yes. So you're saying combined these teams are a below average matchup. Because if you just yeah, add so up the, the juggernaut, that, remember all the narrative, yeah. AFC West, best Herbs. division we ever Herbs. saw. 10-win team, Denver, 10-win team, Chargers, 11-win team, Kansas City, and the Raiders are average. So would you like to respond, Mr. Herbert's PR agent? Herbert, Justin Herbert's doing fine. Oh, the, the team doesn't matter. Uh, well, listen, he's carrying weights. Which is the team? The team, the coach. Boy, they've they've, tur- they've turned on Staley, haven't they? The the media Staley, if they if that fifty four year old fifty four year old field goal, it's an old field goal. The fifty four yard field goal doesn't go wide, and it gets made. Staley is immediately on the hot seat, big time, for going for it on that fourth down. Huge. What do you think? Anyone got opinions on that? That and remember, Baltimore, Harbaugh went. He didn't go for it in a spot almost everyone would have. Kind of interesting. Yeah, no, I think if he, if if the the Browns would have won that game with the with a field goal, it would have been the talk of the, it. would have been the talk of the NFL for the entire week. You know, because people don't understand some of the analytical, most of the analytical decisions anyway. And I don't, it, I don't think they do either. Yeah, and <laughs> well, exactly. And, and for and the math situation to not punt it away and pin them deep and for to the let math, them get the field goal is ridiculous. For the math geeks, I hate to like refer you to a different podcast, but RJ did get into the math a little bit. It was a, it, to summarize, it's pretty close call in terms of is it better to punt mm-hmm. or, or or to go for it. But it certainly, we didn't. We we concluded it was not better to go for it, and it alienates the locker room to go for it. So you're apologizing about promoting our own podcast. I, did I Maybe apologize? You should, yeah, you said not to send someone to another podcast. Promoting everything else. Uh, yeah, well, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, wanted to give them the conclusion. Maybe that's the here, one you're so. not getting paid for, and you're figuring it's a harder one to do. <laughs> give you 25 bucks every time you mention my book. It's like, can I get multiple mentions in a show? <laughs> He's a good negotiator. By the way, I misspoke earlier in the, this program. I said I was plus 100 units. Yeah. I'm now plus 104 units, so I uh, want to disclose You don't that. mind promoting yourself. No. Hey. Listen, this guy, you've, you had one down season, with, or one down year with us. Yes. Like eight winners. I mean, listen, the guy wins. He, his personality is hit or miss. <laughs> <laughs> well, you agree with that, right? It's been pretty good tonight. It has been. You, I'll I take just, it. Fez had me. Fez had me pissed last week. Like I, he hasn't had me pissed in years. And I was like, you better eat something. Maybe you broke through, and now you're like the Zen, the Zen. I did. No, no. If I if I only piss you off three times a year, I'm happy. Yeah, you. Be, That's you, a good. You don't note. piss me off that much. All right. Now, this is this is what Mackenzie's. I'm sure it's vice versa at least as much. All right. This is what Mackenzie did. He actually did some good work here. We said let's look at fourth down. All right. And we said what's the three things you can do on fourth down? You can kick a field goal. You can punt, or you can go for it. That's it. We came up with the stats. We took the EPA for all the teams in each of those scenarios, and we eliminated. <clears throat> you could take a safety. That would be going for it. You're right. <laughs> but that's a clever one. All right. We took out the junk time. So as we call it, garbage time. And that's any time a team has less than a 4%, 4% or less chance to win. Because right? we figure, especially with fourth downs and stuff, it gets erratic, right? Okay, now, me and Mackenzie, when we were reviewing the work, we said, oh, we need to split up fourth down conversions from must-goes to discretionary goes. 
Then Fez looked at it and without even knowing we said that, said the same thing, which I think speaks well to that being the right decision. Mm -hmm. So we split it out. Okay, here's what we found out. League-wide, we're going to start with. League-wide, when there's a conversion attempt and it's not garbage time. We're just going to talk non-garbage time for all of these now because field goal attempts are going to be skewed by that, everything. Okay. In conversion attempts, the league as a whole has gained 19 points, EPA points. So that means going for it in these discretionary times, as we define it, has been positive for teams. Now, who's done well especially? The Las Vegas Raiders have gained 13 points on the year. The Miami Dolphins, 10. And no one else in double digits, but let's see here. The other bigger ones was Dallas, 7. Detroit, 6. Okay. Now, who's been negative? Indianapolis, minus 10 points. Tampa, minus 6. San Fran, minus 4. Green Bay, minus 5. Cincy, minus 6. Baltimore, minus 7. One of the reasons I think Harbaugh was a little apprehensive. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. Okay. But net-net, for the, all the teams, they've gained points. Now, field goal attempts, this is fascinating. They've gained 54 points the league-wide. Now, is that cause of extra good kicking? Because imagine you have exactly a 50-50, like a 54-yarder, probably 50-50, right? EPA does their own math on this, right? Now, if you make it, you gain like one and a half points because you had a 50% chance to make it. You miss it, you lose one and a half. So some of this is going to be what field goals they're trying, and some of it's going to be the expertise of the kickers. Well, it feels like they could kick some more field goals because at plus 54, that's gigantic. So, wait, so wait, I'm sorry, I don't know if I'm understanding. They're gaining by choosing to kick the field goal? Yes. The act of kicking the field goal is gaining 54 points on the season across the league. Hmm. The act of going for it is gaining 19 points, going for the first down. Thus... In theory, they're, but here's the kicker, though. How can no, both be positive? Because the kicks there's punting. Because there's punting. Oh, yeah. Okay. And punting yeah. has lost ah. 16 points. Now, you might say, of course punting's losing. You're giving, no. They assume, all right, where's the yard line? What are you going to do? What should, should you punch? That's what EPA does. And then if you punch short and somebody returns it for a touchdown, you've lost a lot of points. So I think what's happened is that the the despite missed extra points kick because they're longer extra points, the kickers in the NFL have gotten so much better that— Well, the, the extra points don't miss many either. Yeah, but they, yeah, the 55-yard field goal, which was wrong 10 years ago and is still wrong in college, is now, it's, if you're on your, your opponent's 38, it used to be right to punt and now— now I think it's a right to most of, in most cases to kick the field goal. Now there was 150 times that they went for it on fourth in the non-garbage time and 266 field goal attempts. So what's fascinating is even though there's but you really think about it, would it make sense that more than half of the time that you could kick a field goal, you go for it on fourth? It feels like that just shows you how many fourth downs people are going for. Mm-hmm. You would think it'd be much more than double. Right, that, that a field goal attempts versus fourth down. Yeah, goals. because every fourth and one close to midfield is you can't kick a field goal. Yeah, well, yeah, but I would say I would say ten years ago, it, you'd say the field goal attempts versus fourth down conversions and non garbage or fourth down attempts and non garbage time, it'd be like five to one the ratio. Mm-hmm. They hard they were punting on the fifty fourth and one all the time. All the time punting on the. 39. Yeah. You still see that. Belichick still kicks from like when it's right in that no man zone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess now the punting, what we see here is that the punting, the special teams or whatever, isn't as good. Because What the hell is wrong with these punters? It's, it just seems so easy to be able to pin a team down to the 10. I, I got to tell you. You never see the, the because teams now are going for the Australian punters that have the big legs as opposed to the finesse guys that are coffin cornering it. All these, all these Australian punters in the NFL, they're just 
They're just big leg guys. Yeah, because it, because how often do you see when the ball's on the forty, they're better off taking penalties and punting. You know, they 10, do it all the time. Five, ten yards These guys back. Have big legs. Yeah, they can't do. They can't. They can't bunt. Well, what, it's like it's like in golf though. If you have a clean nine iron, you'd much rather that than like a half shot. That's exactly right, and they don't have a lob wedge. Exactly. As <laughs> Fed point out, something else. All right, last, strong show for Fed. Last thing here, no doubt. Last thing about this: we took conversion points gained minus field goals minus punts, saying how much did you get benefit from conversions or mm-hmm. suffer? Here's the teams that did best. The best team saying they they balance these three things really well is New Orleans has gained 12 points because of their conversions over the field goal and the punts. The Rams, oh, wait, yep, yep the Rams, 12 points. And then uh, 10 points for the Steelers, but their punting was horrible. It's minus six. Right? And um, nine points for Buffalo. Here, though, is the bad. This is who's done bad. Indianapolis has lost 17 points, right, because they lost 10 going for conversions, they gained one on field goals and gained seven on punts. So they should punt more. They're good mm. at punting, and they're <laughs> losing in conversions. Yeah. I mean, punting isn't bad. Well, it, the punting takes the ball out of Matt Ryan's hands. <laughs> that could be it, too. Okay. Um, or maybe that's why they have so many punting situations. So. Uh, the other team that's done really poorly, the Baltimore Ravens. Mm. They've lost. Now, think about it. they got Justin Tucker. But they still go for it a bunch. They lost seven points going for it. They've gained eleven on extra or on field goals, and they lost two on punts. But, you know they always have good special teams. Baltimore. That's that one. must suck to be an ultra aggressive coach like yeah. a Harbaugh wants to be, and yet you got the best kicker in the league. So you should be a wussy coach and kick on fourth and one. Giant. Oh, go ahead, Scott. But they also have a guy like in Lamar Jackson, and they feel this guy can gain one yard. Just let him run. You know, from the shotgun. Why, how come he keeps throwing the ball then? Mm-hmm. Now, what's fascinating is if you look at garbage time, that every one of them is bad. Meaning, fourth down conversions lost fifty-four points. Now that makes sense because it's fourth and twenty on your own twenty. You're gotta down by go. fourteen. You got to go. That doesn't work too much. So Arizona actually has gained ten points <laughs> in that situation. Well, that, I think that was single-handedly the Raider game. I'm, but what I'm saying is, no other team they converted like five fourth downs in that game, down sixteen. And that's the point: is no other team is more than plus four points, and they are plus ten. Yeah. Then here's the two worst in garbage time with attempts: Detroit minus fifteen points, Washington minus twelve. No lucky conversions. Which is why Detroit's Command. covering but not winning. <laughs> and that's why the commandos yeah. are not covering. Well, in theory, this would make it so they couldn't cover because yeah. if they're down big, they're not even coming back. Yeah. So maybe they're even better coming back if it weren't for this. That was the Philly game where they Now, field goal attempts, I don't get this. They're down 28 points. Why would the field goal attempts – wouldn't the field goal attempts be better in garbage time? Because you're only trying like almost – Unless you're kicking the like really long ones because you're desperate. A big part of that minus number, minus 10, the 49ers had one at their one-yard line, return for a touchdown, minus 10 by EPA. They had a field goal attempt? Yeah. Blocked. How could they be as good as Philly then? At special teams, (laughs) kicking protection, I don't think they are. (laughs) Um, But still, how many points was that? That was minus 10. All right, so there'll still be 18 points. Wait, wait, three three plus seven. Pretty much, yeah. Short field goal. (laughs) Expected three, and we got minus seven. So let me ask you, we got nice. I want to ask you is otherwise, why would – because that was just, that just happened to be in garbage time. So why? Wh- yeah, still wh- minus eighteen if we take that out. Yeah. Why would field goal attempts in garbage time? You would think that both teams would only kick it when it was a no-brainer. Yeah. 
or maybe extra. Unless it's, it's, unless I would think it's there'd the, be no variance. Or if it's the team that's winning is attempting a kick that's a garbage time kick, and the team that's losing blocks it. Yeah. Oh, I, I have a. Th- no, it's garbage time. I have no theory. And you sell out to block the kick and you block I, it because no. you're losing. That's just no, your kicks play. don't get blocked. I mean, it, it, occasionally, but not. Uh, here's what I think it might be. This would be wild. If you're kicking like a 66-yard field goal at the end of the game, your win percentage on that kick is going to be less than like 4% probably. And that the, all those like super long kicks that are impossible are in here. Now that's yeah. that, that's that, a good point. That could be, but it's still not going to be enough. I don't think. If you pull the Ravens out, I bet I bet it drops dramatically. I bet then you're totally right. Ravens aren't in here. They haven't kicked the garbage time field goal. Yeah, not one garbage time field goal. Uh, mm. So, and then the punts during garbage time are relatively better per punt, which is kind of wild too. Uh, Eighty-two punts in garbage time, and it's only a minus five point two. And like we said during the other time, they're minus fifteen point seven. So the punts are better might- in garbage time. That makes sense because I think when your team is up big and they're fielding a punt, uh-huh. they they just they don't run it back. They don't risk the fumble and they don't want to risk the injury. If they're down, oh, you're saying if it's the winning team receiving. Yes. Okay. What do you think of this data, Fez? That's impressive. I do think it's we will be able to track the teams and get a feel, and we get just the teams that's tried for it the most on uh, fourth down in discretionary time has been Arizona eleven. Um, Detroit. Cle- Cleveland 10, Detroit 13, Jacksonville 9. Yeah, so that's the main ones. These are the aggressive teams. Well, look at this. Philly with 9, but they're a plus 5. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, you're the best team in the exactly. league. Exactly. But, but they're aggressive, and they're good at getting it. Philly had one play in particular, so they are up 17 nothing against the Commandos. End of the first half, fourth and goal from the four. No-brainer, kick the field goal, right? Mm-hmm. The only time for one play, they went for it, they got the touchdown. So, Scott and AJ, you guys, we're kind of using you as a beta test to say, hey, they're in-house, they're a rogue show, but we still, you know, they still listen to you, Mackenzie. Can we convince them to start using some of this? What jumps out at you as, hey, this is interesting stuff, or, hey, we could maybe use this? Or do you think Mackenzie's work is all futile? (laughs) No, it's not futile. I think all of it's useful. Wow, you're gonna just read the whole thing like well, Arizona, eleven attempts, <laughs> minus point. I just told you. I just I pointed out Philadelphia how successful they are. Yeah, that was yeah, noteworthy. You were just trying to rub it into McKenzie with San Fran, though. Well, that's the wrong spot. Yeah. Well, that's it, Fez. We could say it's over, but it's not over. Not the fat lady. We'll say the um, the shrinking man. Hey, hey. <laughs> Let's be careful out there. That was even more of a method acting. This is a brilliant he's, show. He's, for he's become an artist. He's stay tuned. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm.